Andy, you had teased to me that you have a new nickname. Are you waiting for the podcast to debut, or are you going to tell us ahead of time? <laughs> I already told you what it was. Yeah, so I know. I don't know. Let's, like, Is it part of your intro, or am I ruining it? I don't know. We, uh, no, we, I can tell you guys if you want if you really want to hear it. Or or if you guys want to be surprised. Paula loves her spoilers. She'll take anything you want to tell her. I, I mean, I'm going to hear it shortly either way, right. so if you want to tell me now or in a few minutes. Actually, uh, a guy from work actually came up with it. Uh, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's actually really good. So <laughs> I liked it, but it is the. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you, <laughs> Hype it are, up. Are you ready? I am ready. It's it's pretty good. Are you ready? On the edge. Can you do the Triple H <laughs> the thing, like the the DX? <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> All right. The Andalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should get you a Mandalorian helmet and you have to podcast with the helmet on the entire time. I'd do that. Can you get me one? Because that'd be awesome. This is the way. Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Paula Miller. Raylo will always be my halo. Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Speaking of halos, I feel like somebody earned one in episode nine. Wow. Oh, <laughs> he was waiting on that one. He is an angel, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, all right, so the time has come for us to dive into the latest Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the end of the Sky- Skywalker saga, as it's been promoted. Um, normally, when we do movie reviews, I try to have a spoiler-free discussion before we get into the details. But since the previous episode of the show was spoiler-free first impressions, I think we can just kind of dive in and get into the meat of this movie. Um, I think we've all kind of been dying to talk at length with each other. Um, I feel like this could be pretty interesting just because from a little bit of the discussions I've had with Paula and Mike, I'm pretty sure I have an idea where they fall in the movie. Andy, I have not talked to you about this, so I have no idea where you fall. And it's going to be really fun to see where, where you're, how you feel about this movie. <laughs> okay. I saw a Twitter post from Andy. So I know, I know a little bit. Oh, okay. I missed that. Uh, I didn't post anything about the rise of Skywalker. I did like, and retweet a couple of things though. Maybe that's what I saw. Okay. Um, so before we get into the spoiler talk and all the stuff about the movie, I want to stress this is a discussion about our opinions. This does not mean the movie is good or bad. We're only talking about our own views of the movie, which I already know is going to be different between us. Um, if you're hesitant on seeing the movie because you keep reading that people think it's bad, ignore them. Go see the movie. Go experience it for yourself. Make your own decision whether you enjoyed it or not. We're not here to tell someone they are right or wrong for liking or not liking the movie. Um, As I'll always say, if you're interested enough to look up reviews, you're interested enough to make up your own mind. Yeah, go see it. Um, That's all. And I know it may come across, I think, like in the heat of our discussion, um, since some of us will probably use this opportunity to vent about the movie. um, So that's why I'm sort of just putting this PSA at the top of the the show. 
but without further ado, we're going to throw out the spoiler warning uh, so we can crack this open. So if you, for some reason, are listening to this and you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker yet, par- pause us now. Come back to us after seeing the movie. Uh, this will be your one and only spoiler warning for The Rise of Skywalker. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. Uh, Alright, so the gloves are off. We're in spoiler territory. If you've listened to the previous episode where I was trying to grab people before and after to get a sense of predictions, first reactions, you may have an idea on where I stand on this movie. Uh, I feel that I've got a lot to say. This may, just, may end up just being like a therapeutic episode for me where I just vent about the movie, so I apologize in advance. But just like with every Star Wars episode we do, uh, my opinion's often shift, I feel like, from time to time. So I reserve the right to change my mind at any point during this review or afterwards. But I am curious uh, what some of you guys think. So let's just go around. I want to hear how many times you've seen the movie and just kind of like if you liked it or not, and we'll kind of go from there. So let's start with Andy. How many times and did you like it or not? Once, and I did enjoy it, yes. Okay. Paula. I saw it three times. Um, and I did really like it with some confusion. Okay. Well, hopefully we can, uh, sort out your confusion Awesome. during the course of this episode. Mike, where do you fall? Uh, saw it twice, uh, four out of 10. Ooh. Okay. Um, I have seen it, I actually saw it for a fifth time last night. Uh, if you remember my, uh, first reactions and stuff from the previous episode, first reaction, I would have said five out of 10, uh, after now that I know what it is and I can just watch it again for for what the what it is now I would bump up to like a six point five out of ten, uh, but it's still a lot lower I think than I expected it to be for me. So that's sort of what I I guess want to get into you with you guys. So spoilers galore. We can talk about whatever the hell we want to. Where do you guys want to start? Well, first I'd, I'd say noting that what you're saying there, how you said you saw it once and you were like five out of ten, and you went up to six point five after the f- second viewing. Yeah, because we had that discussion. Um, after the second viewing, I feel like I was at like a five and a half or a six, and I went down further. Oh, okay. Um, there was more things that I noticed that just started to bug me more. Uh, same stuff or different stuff? Different. I mean, the the, the same stuff that bugged me the first time bugged me the second time. But I noticed even more things that just, like, you don't necessarily soak in on that first viewing. You know, like, the first viewing's a lot of awe, and, like, you're just watching it and soaking every... Trying to soak everything in, but it's not as easy to watch and, like, wait on the things you enjoyed and look at other things that are confusing or not right or, you know, things like that. I mean, you can get so specific like, if you want, because we're we're in that spot now. Well, I didn't want to. I just wanted to point that out, since we, we were talking about like first impressions and everything. And I feel like yours went north and mine went south. I didn't want to hop into any topic. I wanted you to have your say on where that was going to go first. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I as much, I think I even said this on the previous episode, but I, I really tried to go in without expectations. Because I was trying to avoid the marketing, the trailers, all that stuff, which normally helps me go in with a pretty open mind. And I I almost felt like my first reaction was comparable to The Last Jedi, where The Last Jedi did stuff that I did not expect. Now, that movie has come around to me over the years. I, I actually really appreciate the risks that were taken there. And on rewatches, especially because I, I watched Last Jedi like five days before 
seeing Rise of Skywalker. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to see where this story goes and the stuff that they set up. And the one thing I didn't want them to do was try to retcon The Last Jedi, which is exactly what The Rise of Skywalker does. Mm-hmm. And it irritates me. This, I think the movie played it very safe, um, which I can get into specifics later and what I think was safe and, and how that played out. But uh, But now that I know what it is, and granted, it's not the movie that maybe I was just subconsciously expecting or, or the ways that I wanted it to go, but for what they decided to do and what they picked, I'm fine with, like, I guess, for the most part. But, I mean, still, a, Star, a bad Star Wars movie for me is still a good movie. So, Star Wars is Star Wars. I love it. I don't care. I'll go see it, which is why I've seen it five times. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And over the course of this discussion, like I said, my opinion may change just from hearing... You know, from like Paula and Andy, who like it, I think, a lot more than you and I, they might bump up my opinion a little bit more. Um, Fair enough. Paula, after your multiple viewings, have you picked up anything better or worse from the movie? Yeah. So at first, and I was talking to Aaron about this, too, um, it was very fast. Like the first viewing was so much coming at you in the beginning. And it was just like, wow, it was a lot to take in. And plus, you're going in with all this adrenaline and excitement and you know, you're with everybody. So there's, you know, you're looking at everybody else's reaction too. So the second viewing, it slowed down and it really helped me appreciate it more. And then the third viewing, I of course looked as much as I could at, at, you know, smaller details. Right, right. Um, I still think The Last Jedi is beautiful and it will always, now will always be my favorite Star Wars movie. So um, to be honest, I really like this trilogy. I think it's my favorite trilogy. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. I think that um, obviously there's some confusion about some things. And and my confusion really stems from, you know, did they have this story in mind as Endgame? Like, I feel like... You mean literally they, Endgame? Yeah, like, they knew he was going to die all along. Or did they know, like, the you know, the little stories that were going to go along with it? Or they're just planning that along the way? Or... Like whenever, you know, they rebuild his helmet and, you know, is it because JJ liked the helmet, but Ryan didn't like the helmet? Like I, I'm just, there's a lot of confusion for me, but it's still, those little things still didn't take away from the fact that I really enjoyed myself. Like you were saying, Brian, it's a Star Wars movie. I love Star Wars. I will always love Star Wars. Um, It's a good, for me, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed myself in it. Nice. Okay. Um, Andy, you got anything to add? Um, I... I can see the confusion from that because it does seem like um, they didn't really get together and say this is the trilogy. They sort of wrote a movie at a time. You know what I mean? They didn't have they didn't yeah. have that three movie plan. They just said, "Oh, we're going to do a Force Awakens. Oh, we're going to give uh, Last Jedi to somebody else and then go back to the guy originally." My movie. movie. Yeah, it it does. It does seem like there's a bit of give and take, tug of war going there on there, you know. But I don't. It makes you wonder what could have been if Colin Trevorrow kept Episode Nine. Like it was supposed to be three different directors for three movies. Like I don't know what that would have been like. I kind of wish that they would have just picked one director for all three movies. I agree. Either that or (laughs) or you know had the story plan and then said, okay, you guys adapt this story plan to what you want. Like this is the begin goal. 
They needed a yeah, Feige. They needed someone to sort of steer that ship, which I always thought Kathleen Kennedy sort of did, but maybe she was very hands-off with this. I don't know. Because I feel like she pulled the trigger a lot on Rogue One. She pulled the trigger a lot on Solo. So I'm not really sure why she sort of stepped back from the Skywalker legacy on this one. Yeah. Hard it's, to say. Yeah, it's hard to figure out what behind, what happened behind the scenes. Because, like, you know, the original trilogy and the prequels had George. Right. Everything sort of stopped at George, and he was the one deciding how stuff was made. And like you said, like – or you or Mike or whoever just said it, but the MCU has Kevin Feige, 23 movies right. in. He is the creative force of that universe of where he drives the story if they get stuck or needs direction or anything like that. I, it's unclear if there is anyone like that in Lucasfilm. I think it should be Kathleen Kennedy being the president of Lucasfilm or whatever. Um, I don't know. How, it doesn't seem like the story group we keep hearing about is very much involved in crafting stories. I think they are there as a resource and not basically, you know, helping. They're, they're there, I think, if the creatives and directors and writers have questions that need answers. They are there for support. They're not guiding the story, which I think is the confusion for a lot of people on the Internet, is that they think yeah, the story group is making this all up as they go. And it's the directors trying to bring the story group's vision to life. That's not how it works. No, they're not a creative force. They're more of a thesaurus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I wish, I hope, at least going forward, they let Dave Filoni finish up what he has for Clone Wars, which is already probably finished, since that's coming in a couple months. Yeah. And whatever vision he had for the future of Rebels, um, since Andy hasn't watched that, I won't get into spoilers on that. But whatever vision he has for that stuff. Is there going to be more Rebels? Probably won't be called Rebels, but the, some characters' stories okay. will continue. There is a cliffhanger ending to Rebels. It does not tie off yeah. very neatly. Ah, oh, well, yes. I'm just not going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> but w whatever he has left on that, let him write that out, figure it out, whatever. But can we get Dave Filoni to run whatever their next big trilogy is or whatever their next big project is? Get him behind, you know, he's the best they have, period. Yeah, I mean, he's the Let spiritual successor to George this. Lucas, so right. if, you, if you don't have George, he is the next best bet. Yeah, like, it's no offense to Kathleen Kennedy, but the, the managing here maybe was not done as well as it could have been. And I feel like they need that person behind it, making sure that the entire storyboard makes sense for the whole set of movies that they're looking for. Yeah. And I feel like they definitely didn't have that this time. Yeah, now that we have all three of these movies, I, I agree. It feels like they were made up as they went instead of a cohesive right. story, which bugs the crap right. out of me. Yeah, because it's only three movies. I mean, like, we just saw what the MCU can do with 23 movies. Yeah. And and I mean, maybe the prequels were easier because, like, you knew with the prequels, well, I think you George have Lucas to end. knew what the prequels were going to be anyways. Well, you, I mean, go, like, like, you have your end point making them. for the prequels. Once the original trilogy's out and you go back through the prequels, you know by the end of episode three, Anakin Skywalker has to be Darth Vader. That is your end point. Right. Just connect the dots. Well, and we Granted, knew that some of that stuff is very rushed, but... That, like, yeah, but... You, yeah, but you still had the, the place to end. I, this trilogy had so much potential to go wherever they wanted to go that making the end point up as they go... I think, I don't know. Well, to Paula's point, well, I don't actually don't know. Maybe the, the the way Ben Solo is redeemed and his ultimate death and stuff like that, maybe that was the end point they were shooting towards the whole time. It's hard to tell. I think, um, I think didn't we have a podcast where we went one by one and asked if we thought Kylo Ren was redeemable? 
I mm-hmm. am pretty sure we probably did that. I didn't think to go back to yeah. take our take our answers and compare to see who was right <laughs> or wrong. I'm sure I said he was not going to be redeemed. I think you and Mike both said irredeemable. Yeah. And I think Paula and I both said he's totally redeemable. Well, I, Paula's been shipping that for a while. She's She's yeah. been waving that flag this whole time. I'm like, come on. And I'm a sucker. I am such a sucker for redemption stories. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I've mentioned it many times on the podcast, but um, Boromir from Lord of the Rings, I think that is such an awesome redemption story yeah. within just one movie. But Well, let's start there. What did you guys well, think of the redemption of Ben Solo? And since I'm the one who was most vehemently opposed to the whole Raylo idea and how that was handled yes. and his redemption and all that, I will say that I actually had, among the problems I had with the film, that wasn't one of them. Because it, to me, it was handled okay. properly. Yeah, they did a really good job and, of it. you know, they give him a memory of his father, and they have him relive the moment when he killed him. And they kind of have him relive that moment in a way where he's saying, damn. What I was saying then is, like, I don't know if I have the strength to do it. What he actually meant in that moment in The Force Awakens was he didn't have the strength then to not kill Han Solo. He didn't have the strength. He did the thing that was weakness then, and he was recognizing that. He was admitting it. He was dealing with what he did. I was good with that. I was good with him coming to terms with his own actions in that manner. Now, they didn't... I was... Oh, go ahead. I was so excited to see Han Solo there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, like, so excited. get one more Um, I know out of Han Solo right there in that moment. Oh, that was awesome. The other end of it is that he never really atoned for the other things he did. So on one end, yes, he atones for what he did to Han Solo and everything that happened with that, but he doesn't atone for the countless innocent people that he is responsible for murdering. I mean, Um, all of them are responsible for murdering lots of people. I mean, I'm watching the movie and they're like knocking stormtroopers down left and right. Well, that's different. That's war. Those are people that are actively fighting you. I mean, the first order was rounding up civilians and shooting them. We saw that the very first scene of this entire trilogy. You see Finn refuse to shoot defenseless civilians at the order of Kylo Ren and Phasma. I mean, uh, that's that's different. Dude had like Palpatine in his head for a couple years. That'll that'll do something to you. I mean, which, which is another thing that just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like that well, plot point. We, yeah, let, 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 let's focus on the redemption first, because if we, I think we could branch off into that and go that, on that for an hour. But well, I'm glad you're keeping the reins on this thing, because I feel like it's very easily going to spiral <laughs> out of control. Um, I, I feel like there needed to be something more to his redemption, but I was okay with how they handled it, because they only have so much time in one film, and having him come to terms and realize that he was wrong the whole time. Okay. You know, I mean, that's a start. And then he plays the sacrifice play at the end as opposed to getting a happy ending. Again, I'll say that's how that needs to play. If he gets a happy ending out of it, I'm completely flopped the other way and I'm 100% against it. Yeah, I feel like that would teach the wrong lessons. Like, look, you can do all this horrible shit and still be the one to come out the hero at the end. Yeah. I mean, granted, he still has that hero moment, but as soon as he got redeemed, I was like, well, okay, he has to die because you can't come out the other side of this and, and just be all happy, go lucky, no. It, that wouldn't have worked for me. I'm with you, Mike. 
It totally would work for me. Oh, I know. You wanted Raylo babies. <laughs> you want them to live happily ever after for hundreds of years. I want them training like the next generation of Jedi, like heading off back to Octo <laughs> with some fish monks. I just, I needed some happiness. I told Paula when we were watching the movie for the first time, I know exactly where she's going to pause and stop the movie on rewatches yep. on home video. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, in speaking of his death, can I make a big point about a problem I had with choices made in the film? Um, and it's related to death, or rather, being debated on whether or not somebody had died. So, let's run the count on characters that were supposedly killed or supposedly dead, but actually weren't. First, I we have Chewie. At least two. Yeah, that's the first one. <laughs> then we have Babu Frick. Who shows back up after his planet was exploded? In the you final see, battle, yeah, they you give you the shot of him for Zori. Zori too. Zori yep. as well. We have Ben the first time, and Ray heals him. We have Ray, who then Ben heals. But we also have Ben a second time when Palpatine throws him in the pit. Ah, oh, come on! You knew he wasn't really dead there. They're killing people and bringing them back several times in the same movie. And I felt like Babu, they could have left dead. No, Zori, you cannot. <laughs> Just hear me out. Hear me out. Chewie did not have, they could, that whole plot point of maybe we killed Chewie, maybe we didn't was pointless. I, I could have really had him just get captured. That, I didn't realize <sighs> there were two transports until... Like the second, there was time two on the it. on the ground when they showed. I you. didn't notice it. Like, Wait, <laughs> but, what? But nonetheless, the, the point I was getting at was it doesn't serve a purpose to the plot to have him maybe be dead or maybe not. It's just a just to create a moment later in the yeah. film is the only purpose it served. So just having him captured as opposed to supposedly dead, the film works the same way. Um, not to mention, I want to know how Chewie got captured that easily. He's a fucking Wookiee. He should be rolling people and throwing people across the room before they just Well, the Knights of Ren, him and... which we never really see in action unless they're getting killed by Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in Zori, I'll say Zori could have just been dead. And it didn't matter because they didn't have her end up with Poe. They just had that awkward moment where they look at each other and she's like, nope. Which was a great moment him. in itself. But it, yes, I agree. It, it was a good moment. Right. She could have been dead and he could have had to deal with that pain. Of her being dead and maybe advanced his character a little bit from that. Nonetheless, I just felt like too many times there was, this person's dead. Wait, no, I they're would, not. You know, I would even throw C-3PO into there, too. They wipe his memory and then yeah. they sort of give it half back to him at the end, too. So any consequence there point. of, like, making the decision to make him read the Sith stuff to lose his memory is sort of wiped away by the end, too. Mm-hmm. So I felt like they just relied on that too much. I wasn't like yeah. that many times in one film. It's too much. Do it once or twice. Okay. Even yeah, if it was just the you, Ray and Ben stuff. You start killing people off left and right, and not bringing them back. It's going to be a really dreary movie. But at the I same mean, time, this is if nothing to be has the end consequence. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mike. Like this is this is no hold bar time. This is if you're going to kill people, now's the movie to do it because this is the end. This well, the quote unquote end. Right. And like, like I said, you have to have no consequence one's... to the deaths, otherwise they don't mean anything. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> well, yeah. It, but No movie really ever has an end. <laughs> I mean, Not there's going to be books and comic books and video games, and they still need these people. Yeah, I mean, Paula, who's to say if they continue to episode 10, we could get Ben Solo Force Ghost? 
I'm just saying. <laughs> World between worlds. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I'll I'll stop there. I just wanted to make that point because it bugged the shit out of me. That was one of those things. The second time around, I started paying attention to, it, and I'm like, how many times do they kill people when they just bring them back? And yeah, just... I I started noticing that too. Um, I I want to swing back around just to the redemption of of Ben, which I. I think on the first, I think a lot of my, what I'm going to, over the course of this discussion, probably a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be like, I wanted this to happen. And then we'll talk about sort of what actually happened. But my thought coming after the last Jedi, the interesting plot point in that movie was that Kylo Ren was in charge of the first order. I thought he was being set up to be the big bad of this movie. And as soon as they started talking about Palpatine being in this movie, I feel like that threw up the red flag that, well, Ben's not going to be that important because that once there's someone else for the, him and Ray to team up against, to ultimately defeat that's sort of above him, that takes the whole villain role really off of his shoulders, which I was disappointed with. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, if you didn't watch any trailers or previews or you were like absolute blackout media wise before you saw this movie, the star Wars scroll tells you. Oh yeah. That he is not the big bad. Right. And that... <laughs> yeah, the scroll's my least favorite scroll of any Star Wars movie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. The scroll was just like, the dead speak. And I'm like, come on, right yeah. away. Like, Which, that should have been, I mean, if it, maybe it needed to be a three-hour movie, but that could have been fun in the, in the story of the movie, is that they start hearing rumors that Palpatine's back, and then it's like, do you believe the rumors or not? And it's a slow discovery of him being alive. Instead of just announcing it to the fucking galaxy that he's back, Seems like a really stupid villain move. Someone said on Twitter, it's like, oh, it looks like Palpatine had a podcast, and now everybody knows where he is. (laughs) Basically. I mean, and and to me, I think it was one of their, it was a way for them to avoid having to explain why and how he actually survived, which which we still don't never do. They they don't give you anything. They're just like, he's there. That's that. But I mean, is anybody else? He did to survive or anything. Just, Does anybody else wish that the final confronta- confrontation between Palpatine and Rey was more was extended a little? Yeah, definitely. A little bit. Like I kind of wish that Palpatine had had a lightsaber and there was a little bit of that going on. Because in, in the Clone Wars, he he was really badass yeah, with a yeah. lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. When he like restores himself, they could have had a lightsaber battle there, and it would have been fun. Yeah. Um. What I'll say about the what you're talking about the ending and this is one of the things maybe perhaps possibly the biggest thing that bugs the shit out of me about this movie every bit of the ending of this movie is a carbon copy of endgame um every every bit of it so uh poe is out there ready to die and take them all on and he's facing down the you know the sith final order i guess is what they are um and Lando shows up in his ear to tell him, on your left. And then he turns around and everybody's there. Yeah, okay, I see it now. Same yeah. exact thing. So, then we get uh, the final ending with Rey and Palpatine, where she gets the second lightsaber and he says, I am all of the Sith, or I am inevitable. And she says, and I am all of the Jedi, or, and I am Iron Man. And That's then what, she dies from what she does. That was the first thing Josh said to me when we got out of the movie. Was that was anyone else thinking when she said "I am" and really paused that he she he was like I'm waiting for her to say "Am Iron Man," <laughs> right? So he was right there with you. 
like it to me like <laughs> it was just like i just saw this ending to a epic franchise happen i mean if you're gonna carbon copy a movie that's not a bad one to pick not when you're releasing in the same year yeah fair i mean like to me it was just like and from the same damn company um like it just i don't know i can't unsee it like to me it's just like i just i can't do you think that, that it's a coincidence like, I yeah. hope yeah. it's a coincidence and not <laughs> intentional. If it's intentional, it's a really stupid fucking move. Is it like, from like some filming playbook? Like this is what has to happen. I the dialogue is what this bothers is the me big the most. Ending. Though, like I am this, I am that. He gets the fucking radio fuzz in his ear just the same way that Cap does. Like it just, I don't know that. All they needed was like Wong to show up and be like, "Oh, you wanted more," and then. I don't know. Somebody else shows up. It, it, like that's all that was missing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I I don't think I realized how com- how uh, similar they were until you just said all that. But yeah, I get it. it. It just I don't know. But yeah, I really wish that when you hear the voices of all the past Jedi lending her her like the powers that we would have seen a couple of just at least a few force ghosts actually like maybe like touching her back or like actually lending their strength uh, yeah. to her instead of just assuming that everything was just sort of onto her from the voices yeah. or just show them there. They don't even have to be like giving her any force. Just show them standing there watching just, over. Yeah, it's cheaper this way. Yeah. Or just like hold it, <laughs> holding out their hand. Yeah. We did see that I, in Harry Potter though. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like if they helped her, it would have been too Harry Potter. Um, but just seeing them would have been cool. We would have, I mean, that would have meant we would have got a live action Kanan and Ahsoka. Yeah. It would have, it that. wouldn't have had to have been all of them. It would, it could have just been like maybe obi-wan and yoda and maybe qui-gon or something you know you just want to see your boy liam neeson again (laughs) yeah (laughs) hell yeah i do (laughs) i mean that being said that even without the force ghost in that moment i thought it was really fucking cool that is one of my favorite parts of the movie yeah i i would agree i just wish they had cleared the audio up a little bit to make so that you could recognize everybody clearly because the first time I couldn't hear all the voices clearly through all the other audio. Well, the sound is very much everywhere. Like, they come through different speakers every time somebody says something. Right. It's just in IMAX, I could make it out a lot better. Yeah. That's what home video is for. Yeah. It had a lot of world-between-world similarities right there Um, because the same thing happened when Ezra was walking through the world between worlds like just watch what you say because andy hasn't seen I that yet seen season three or four <laughs> he has no idea what you're yeah. referring to so oh, i'll stop right there <laughs> okay um i think i talked about this with brian and he i guess he didn't realize it i guess until we talked about it but the thing that made me sad there is you hear ahsoka's voice which means she is at that time dead um makes me sad to know that she's dead and we don't know how Although, if you believe Filoni's tweet with his little drawing uh, mm-hmm. comparing Soka to Gandalf the Grey, who also thought people, yeah. who says you know, people was... also thought he was dead at one point. I thought that was more about her coming back. 
he tweeted it after the movie was out. So I know, but I. Like, I'm not she come when she comes back in Rebels. Doesn't she have white lightsabers? So yeah, but I mean, Filoni likes to fuck with people too. So he could just be saying that just to stir the pot. I'm yeah, sure he true. knows the answer. He's just not going to tell you one way or the other. Um, I, I just mean like she would be the only one there that's not dead. Then you know what I mean? Like yes, yeah, which would be weird. So I, I mean, I'm, hey, I'll take it if it's true. Like I won't well, be upset. You and I were sort of talking like timeline wise. It would if if she's dead, she it, like it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't. She would it be wouldn't really surprise old. Me. We don't know how long her race lives though. That's well, the other true. thing with Star Wars is you got like Yoda's race that's nine hundred years old and still going. I don't know how long a Togruta lives. I, yeah, I mean, I think she, I think Yoda's the exception. Everybody I don't think else I, I think is like normal Wookiees, amount of time. Well, that's no, true. Wookiees. They Wookiees, said yeah. right here, Wookie. Chewie was like 250 years old or something in this movie that's confirmed. Yeah, that's true. So, and still a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let the Wookiee win. Don't yeah. think, speaking of that, um, I was extremely impressed with. I'm gonna butcher his name again. We're just gonna say Eunice Tomo. His performance as Chewie in this was fantastic. Yeah. Um, my single favorite moment of the movie is Chewie getting the medal. Oh my god! Yeah, that as is a Jedi, the best the moment heart. in this movie for me. Um, of course, you have to think of what had to happen for him to get that. Two of his friends had to die before he got that medal. <laughs> it was so, Hans. He died. Leia gets it. She dies. Now it's Chewie's. Yeah, but it's, you it's know a, what? it took a long road to him. I feel like part of me felt like that was another rewrite from the Last Jedi that I was okay with. Wait, wait, what do you mean from The Last Jedi? Well, isn't it in The Last Jedi that Leia gets it? Does she get it in that movie? I, if she does, I completely forgot. When does she get it, then? She has it in her hands in this movie. Yeah, but I'm saying you said Luke had it, and then he gave it. Like No, Han, Han had it. He died. So oh. Leia is pictured ship. with it in this movie. So at some point, yeah. she gets it after Han, and then she dies with it in her hand. It oh no! It's the, the ship, dice that Luke gives her, isn't it? In the, the last, last Jedi, Jedi. It's, it, it's the dice that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I was thinking for whatever reason it was the metal. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yes, and I love that. Absolutely. I love the scene, but the effects looked bad. Hey, Le- yeah, like, they were fine. Luke looked okay. Leia, the effect was not working. I don't know what went wrong with what they were doing there, but it didn't that, work for me. That little scene is something. It worked for me. Yeah, I was. I was, I like, was okay yeah. with it. Yeah, I think that whole scene is is something that I feel like was always assumed. Like you always assumed Luke taught Leia, and the fact that she uses the Force here and there throughout the sequel trilogy, you know, you could also make that leap that it happened. But the fact that we actually got to see it, that's cool to me. I'd I'd like to see more like. Whether it's in a book or something, but that's that's an area I'd like to explore and just see like some of her training and and building up to that moment and stuff like that. Her making a lightsaber and stuff would be cool to find out about. Well, I feel like we read that she stepped away from training to pursue politics. So, like when they said like she stepped away from being you know the last steps of being a Jedi because she saw what was going to happen to Ben. Yeah, I'm like, but I read something different. Um. Well, it depends, I guess, because 
it could have been both. Like it could have been she yeah. stepped away and then just decided to keep going into politics. I don't know. I think I the was... politics thing was probably part of the reason, but that's also probably the the thing, the reason she would tell everyone. She's not going to go around True. telling people, "Well, I stopped being a Jedi because I saw my son die, so mm. I'm done now." She, Good point. That I can understand Luke knowing that because if they're that right. close and you know tied to the Jedi training and stuff like that, he he would be in on that secret. So I I could yeah I could explain that away, but I did like that she took over training for Ray. Yes. Um, yeah. It explains a lot, like how Ray was getting so much stronger. She had the books, yes, but it, she had Leia to guide her as well. Right. Yeah. So you know it made sense to me, and I know I'm jumping to the end of the movie, but like it <laughs> made sense to me why you know Ray would want to take on the name of Skywalker because you know her masters were Luke and Leia. Yes. Yeah. In that very moment, at the same time when she takes on the name Skywalker, one, I don't like that we're told this is the end of the Skywalker saga, and then we're like, but wait, here's another Skywalker we can make movies with. Now, wait, before you get anything, because I think we've talked about this before, Skywalker seems to be synonymous with Jedi. Yeah, we did talk about that, and, I, so, and I'm not... I think you could still make that argument for this movie. In that moment, I think, obviously, yes, she's being adopted into the Skywalker name and stuff like that, but she's not a blood relative Skywalker. So that is still the end of the Skywalker saga. So she's adopting Ray as Ray Jedi, but Skywalker. She, I mean, she's taking up the name, but I think the, I don't know. I always read it as the end of the Skywalker saga was the end of the bloodline of Skywalker, which happens. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Nonetheless, I still would have preferred her in that moment to say just Ray. And, uh, you know, cast aside the Skywalkers, cast aside the Palpatine, and s- start where she ended. Or end where she started, rather. Now, see, if this took just from... Rey. If this took from what The Last Jedi set up, I could see that happening. But because this movie does the opposite, I, I'm that's well, how that this movie was going. Be, I understand, but that doesn't mean I have to be happy with how they chose to not follow the setup from Last Yeah. Day. Um... I actually like that moment, though. I think I think that's the culmination of what these movies were, was her taking up that name. I love the moment of her looking at the twin sons, and yeah, I mean that whole like that whole movie. yeah scene that shot is incredible. It's what you expect. I mean that's how these movies end. That's how these trilogies end is with that shot. That's how they open and that's how they end. Yeah, like it's it's there. It's fine, but nonetheless, go ahead. Sorry, I I was gonna make a point as well about that same scene that we get. Um. How cool it is that her lightsaber is actually constructed from the end of her staff. I've been waiting for her to make something like that this entire trilogy. And I, I haven't it was seen it. going to be double bladed. It is. I'll argue this to the end. You you look at that, there's two emitters on that damn thing. I think I'd argue the same thing. Okay. Yeah. It, it looks the end looks like just a shortened like it looks like her staff which had the the very two same ends of the staff just shortened into a lightsaber hilt with a grip on it. So, I'm with Mike. I I would assume that the bottom end of the the hilt has another emitter on it to make it a staff saber. Why that, we didn't see that? That because that would have been a really cool reveal too. Well, I don't but... think it's a staff saber. I think it's like that's the hilt that you see. Well, yeah, I mean the double bladed. You see the saber, whole thing, the but it, I think it's more of like a double bladed shodo saber. Like it's just two shorter blades on the lightsaber, which is a thing. This is exists. You know, the Shoto blade exists itself, but so does a double-bladed Shoto. Okay. Um, 
since Darth Bane is canon, I'm going to call Darth Xana canon because she's his apprentice. That's what she used. Okay. So I'm calling that my own head canon says that it's a reference both to Bastila and to Darth Xana. Of course, the other thing that's canon now, too, is, well, I mean, not that the games did it, too, right before that, but the uh, yellow lightsaber is in there. Yeah. Or the orange. Is it orange or yellow? What, what color would you call it? Orange saber? was the I DLC. I'd call it yellow. <laughs> no, I think he's, are, is he talking about the game, or are you talking about? I'm talking about Ray's saber at the end of the movie. It's like an oh, amber. Yeah, it's yellow. I, I've seen that. Isn't that the same? Is that the same color of the uh, protectors of the Jedi Temple that Kanan has to fight? I feel like... Oh, true. Yeah, so we did see it before all this. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen people say that there's supposedly, um, on the double-bladed theory, that she used Luke's green crystal and Leia's blue crystal to make a double-bladed yellow saber. Because, you know, blue and green, yellow. Somehow, people were getting there. I don't, I don't think that's how the color spectrum works. I don't think it is either. But I don't that's think she would have taken saying. the crystals out of the sabers. I don't know why she'd bury them without the crystals. Well, it was Anakin's saber that she buried. That's true. Technically Luke's. Uh, true, true. So. Which brings the question of where the hell is Luke's actual saber at? I'm, I miss that saber so much throughout this trilogy. The green, like, yes, his green saber, yeah. That's still one of my favorite ones, and we get like the only time you really see it used is the flashback stuff in Last Jedi. Yeah, that's the one. That's one thing in the Last Jedi that always bugged me. Like I get it now, the way his confrontation with Kylo in the First Order goes to the end of Last Jedi. But God damn it, I wanted that green saber in that moment so bad. Yeah, but it's all. I mean, it's okay. Nonetheless, I I, I would think. It's an interesting take, but it, you're right. It doesn't work that way. Um, you add yellow to blue to get green. You don't add blue and green together to get yellow. So it's... Yeah. Nonetheless, I, I like the idea of that, but... She's I mean, our little ray of sunshine, so it has to be gold. <laughs> I, I love her getting a yellow saber. The thing that upsets me is that we had a lot of things in this movie I feel like could have been not a thing. And we could have had her instead going and creating her own lightsaber. Yeah, I would have liked to see middle that. of this movie, instead of the entire excursion with Zori and Babu and like three PO not being able to translate the Sith dagger. I mean, even if the movie ended there, like I, I would have been fine seeing her go to Luke's childhood home where the you know the uh, uncle and Aunt Beru lived, and then make her lightsaber there, and then bury the other two. Right, watch her construct it. Yeah. Like, give, that would give have been brief... the final passage to the Jedi. There, That's always one of your last steps to become a Jedi. A that's true the... Jedi. Yeah, you make your saber. Yeah, give, give us a few shots of her spelunking somewhere, because how cool would that be, her spelunking in a kyber crystal cave? Like, climbing around? Yeah, which is supposedly very difficult. That's from also the Clone Wars, if I recall. They, mm -hmm. All those young Padawans yes. go down there and have to try and work through their own problems to find their own kyber yeah. crystals. Because yep. that, if I'm not mistaken, the kyber crystals sort of choose you. Yes. yes. And they can yeah. show you things and they can teach you things while you're trying to find them, which would have been an amazing way right. to end this movie. Get the final lessons that she needed to learn to taught to her while she's getting her crystal. It could, and then show I mean, her okay, constructing so it. And it could then be in the a future book. Scene. I know it just... So, 
could have been here. Could have been now. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> gonna. Just so much in this movie. Uh, the, so much. Yeah, I'm gonna spin back around to, um, the final confrontation, or right after the final confrontation, when Ray passes out, Ben comes up, and Ben finds her lifeless. Okay. Does Ben use the same method of healing her that she used to heal him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're a dyad, and I believe that's why they're able to heal each other. I mean, Ray can heal anybody, it seems like. Not well, just she each other. Th- yeah, that's true. I think that is true. She does heal the serpent thing. So, alright. And, and and maybe I'm just way out in left field, but he sort of has his hand on her stomach, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of. Trying to heal her. What if oh, he... No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Artificial insemination. <laughs> plants his plants his force seed then as well. Don't give Paula hope like that. You know, I've already thought it. So. <laughs> You're not going anywhere that my mind hasn't already thought. Isn't that uh, rape? I'm just going to put it out there. Like, wouldn't that just be rape? No? no? How is that not rape? I mean, she has not kissed him yet. He, she has not. That, that scene where she accepts him has not happened yet. He's just like. I'm going to heal you, but baby you at the same time. Yeah, you know what? Here's That's right. She's out. She's passed. Isn't that, isn't, well, isn't Anakin the product of that as well then? Well, maybe. We don't know exactly how that yeah, process see, happened. Yeah. It's canon. Yeah, I want to come back. Palpatine yeah, raping somebody thing. makes sense. <laughs> Let, let's just say that. Say, is these force ghosts come back with the ability to like, touch objects like luke caught his saber out of the air and like yoda I'm, thumped luke on the head so like there's and, there's some substance to these ghosts i'm just saying i think that was the other comment i made to you paula after the movie was that you're we could get the uh patrick swayze ghost spinoff with ben solo and ray Jesus christ and that's how she made her lightsaber <laughs> is he's behind her they're making it together I do want to make a point that I have not been okay with Force Ghosts physically interacting with the world since they chose to do that in The Last Jedi. I'm not okay with that because then there's no consequence to their death if they can still do things. Like Yoda conjuring Force Lightning down onto the tree. It's amazing. Come on. like It's cool, but at the same time, it removes the consequence of their death because then they're just. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with somebody alive. They can just kick ass when they're dead. There doesn't have to be rules. I'm not saying there has to be rules. I'm saying limits. There need to be some limits, no. I think. Yeah, like, and this they push the limits there way no too limits. far in this movie for me. No. Yeah, but Yoda is definitely a limit breaker. True. And I mean, I I'm, would be fine with it if it was just as Yoda. is as is as is Palpatine. They're both sort of like the grand masters of. I would their argue against that with Palpatine in some orders, ways. although they go against that in this movie. He was the master was manipulator. Say, did you see the force lightning he fired up at the the entire fleet. Yeah, there's two moments in this movie where the force powers like jumped up to eleven for me, and I'm like, just eleven. How is this? How is this possible? The force lightning thing from Palpatine is one. He went the, full Goku. That was ridiculous. Like that's bullshit. The second one was, and this whole movie builds toward it, so I shouldn't be surprised, but it still bugged the shit out of me. Is teleportation through the through? It's the, over nine thousand. Teleportation through the force <laughs> irritates me. Handing off a lightsaber like that irritates me as a force power. Yeah, well, in both of those moments. Go, go ahead. The to, for your first point, the 
I mean, he does say he's all the Sith. And so I get his, that. He just gets some, some power transference there from the two of them that, you know, OPs him. So they sort of explain right. it away in the movie. But mm-hmm. still, it like, not Super having Saiyan limits to force powers Palpatine. is a problem that should be written into movies. Like, this, this is something the books figured out in the old canon. Like, they were, d- depending on the writer in the book, they were giving force powers to Luke and to Jedi that were way beyond anything that was done before. And eventually they craft a story around Luke diving into the wrong sides of the force to tap into certain things that allows him to do all this random shit and they have to rein him in like the movies i don't feel like have learned the lessons that the books from years ago have and maybe just because i've read all that stuff it irritates me like between that and every fucking villain in these trilogies has some sort of planet killing super weapon i'm so tired of that fucking crap anymore (laughs) it's it's every single think of something else I think that's part of a Star Wars problem, because you get a new hope. The very first Star Wars movie, they're like, boom, we can blow up planets, bitch. Where the fuck do you go from there? Yeah. How do you escalate? I, I'll give them a little bit of a break blowing up on planets. that. Well, they True. did. The First Order blew up an entire system. Which is why I think I'm, I'm multiple waiting planets for... at once. I think I think is which is why I maybe need these spin-off movies to bring it down a level. I don't need galaxy-wide threats anymore. I want to see some very personal stories that are smaller in scale. Mm, I think yes. that's where I kind of want to see this go. Which is which might be why I'm really digging the Mandalorian because that's not a galaxy-wide story. That's just what's happening to these certain few characters in this world, and I'm completely on board with all that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, very the cool. more grounded stuff needs to make a comeback. Um, as far as the whole. Palpatine thing. There's another thing about that whole moment of him shooting the lightning up into the sky that bugs the shit out of me. And it's practical. It's not necessarily based on the force here at all. So um, we see Ray arrive at his place on Exegol once, and we see Kylo arrive there twice. In all three instances, they go into the structure at the bottom and go down. To get to where Palpatine is. A long way down. We get to this last scene with Palpatine. They have gone down to find him. They have found him. He opens a skylight in the room he's in. Not far above his head. That opens directly to open sky. Not up a shaft to eventually get to the sky. Nothing. They go underground to get to where he's at. And he's got a skylight. Yeah, but you don't know the like what the structure is like in an L shape or something like that. Yeah, it could be very weirdly like a maze in there that somehow goes down to go up. I don't know. It bugs me. They go down, and he's got a room at the top. I don't know. That's his penthouse, man. <laughs> had they gone like had the elevator gone up? No problem. I don't know. Like it seems to me like they're going deep into the bowels of that structure. You might I'm, have to not get measure, the, I'm not measuring things. <laughs> might have to get the uh, visual dictionary. Maybe they break down the, that structure to tell you the layout. Yeah, maybe there's a portal somewhere. <laughs> because we can teleport through the force now. Maybe they teleport. <laughs> I, I don't know. Either way, it bugged me. Seeing them go down, and then I'm like, wait, how does he have a skylight? I don't know. It... All right, so one thing, I'm, I'm going to bring it into this, because I think feel like this is the big talking point that we haven't really touched on yet. Ray is a Palpatine. Where does everybody stand on that? Because I have a lot to say on what? the subject. What? Spoiler! Didn't see that in the movie. <laughs> After you've seen it three times, you didn't catch that? Oh my gosh, no. It's the first <laughs> time. Uh, do you guys like this reveal? Not like this reveal? Where do you stand? I thought it was a little cheesy at first. 
I'm like at eh. first, but it's better now. Yeah, I'm I'm getting used to it. Okay. Yeah, it kind of explains a lot. Um, Does it? Well, why? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it leaves more okay, questions than answers. Okay, in my mind it answers. does. So, I feel like she's learned so much so fast, so quickly, mm-hmm. and they kind of have to explain it somehow. And it's like she's really gifted. And um, I mean, Luke does the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, but Anakin so does Anakin. Has... I mean, yeah, but Luke learns it quickly because look where he came from, Anakin, one of the more powerful. Force sensitive Jedi Sith out there, and if Ray learns it just as quickly, look where she came. So that from. means she could be a Skywalker or a Palpatine. Uh, Why does it have to be a Palpatine? Why does it have to be anything? Well, um, no, I, that's if, uh, that's my more my point. I guess is that's what I expected. This, this is the biggest. If the connection for to the Force for is, these movies, if the if the connection to the Force is determined by the midichlorians one has in their system, okay. Why does she have to come from anyone? Why can there not be a virgence in the Force where there is a... Like, what the fuck did Mace Windu come from? What did Yoda come from? What what did any of these characters come from to become so powerful in the Force? If the midichlorians are there, you have the connection. You just have to learn to use it. Yeah. And be taught. You don't have to necessarily come from somebody strong to be strong. Well, that's the whole message of The Last Jedi. Agreed. You don't need that... You can be anyone and yeah, be a Jedi. You don't need that quote unquote royal bloodline to be a hero. It can be as long as you you get the calling and you do what you need to do. You it can be anybody. Which this movie backtracks and it irritates the hell out of me. I think, and I, maybe it's just something with the bloodline, like the whole because they drop that on you that she is now the grandchild of the Pal- of Palpatine. There's a generation gap in there that we knew nothing about. That you're just led to. You just Pops fill in the blanks out on there your banging. own. Which yeah, which fine, but I feel like there there needed to be more explanation or an exposition point or a montage or something explaining to me how all this works. Who was who was grandma? If he's grandpa, who was grandma? Yeah, like I don't. I know. just want to know. Like that's it. Just give me an answer as to who grandma was. And I kept thinking, like, how would I if they wanted to use Palpatine? How would this work? And this is another instance of me what I would want to see in the movie. So what I've crafted in my head to be like, okay, this would work. Is and this is this is me taking some leaps. So so follow with me here because I think I think official Lucasfilm canon has basically debunked this theory, but I'm going to spin it my way anyway. Uh, so it's largely you get the speech in Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine sits Anakin down and talks about Darth Plagueis learning how to create life from Metaclorians, and then Darth Plagueis taught his ma- his apprentice everything he knew before his apprentice killed him in his sleep. And we are led to believe Palpatine is that apprentice, which means Palpatine would know how to do that. And it's largely it was it was largely believed as a theory that Palpatine created Anakin. That would have been something that I wish would have been confirmed in this movie. That could have been a twist. Somewhere explaining how Rey is connected to Palpatine, he lets slip that he created Anakin Skywalker. Over his discussion, he talks about how. Anakin, the one thing he couldn't plan for, you know, he wanted Anakin to rule the galaxy with him, be the head of the Sith together. But the one thing he didn't account for was Luke getting to Anakin and then Anakin betraying the Emperor and possibly killing him. And since we know now the Emperor survived some way, which is never explained, but in his recovery somewhere, he's thinking about, well, you know, how did my plan fail? 
And then maybe he would think, well, I created a life in the forest, but maybe it wasn't the right life. So he tries again, but this time with a female, and that would be Ray. So that would be your connection to Palpatine, but it's not a blood relative. To me, that's really cool, and I wanted to see where that would go. Not only do you get Ray is connected to Palpatine because he created her, but two, you get the official comp- confirmation that Palpatine created Anakin, which is also a very cool reveal, which would confirm a lot of stuff that everyone speculated about. This is wishful thinking on my part, but in my head, this is like a lot better than what we got in the movie. Has it been 100% confirmed, or is it still just a theory that Palpatine it's created? Not I feel like I no, I feel like I've seen that debunked by people in Lucasfilm recent within the last week or two. That there there's a comic somewhere that someone was retweeting pictures of where it shows Palpatine behind Shmi, like looking like he's influencing her pregnancy, okay. and someone in the story group said this is not. I think people were taking that as confirmation that Palpatine created Anakin and the story group people came out and said, no, this is the exact opposite. This is Anakin. This is what Anakin fears. This is not what happened. Is so there any debunk um, that flat out? Is there any, anything I'm, out there about Darth Plagueis being Anakin's father? That's where I tend to put my faith into is Plagueis created Anakin. Otherwise, I don't know in, in the prequels, I feel like Palpatine would have been closer to Anakin faster if he would have known that Plagueis oh, that's true. created him. Right. I can him. see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a lot of. I feel like well, it could be. It could be one <laughs> of those things where, Plagueis, like, you, you, like, Plagueis would have done it on a planet where Palpatine would not have known about it. You know. Like, maybe Palpatine had an idea that Plagueis was doing something to that effect, but never was able to, like, narrow it down. And then he meets Anakin, and he's thinking, holy shit. Yeah. This, (laughs) wow, like, this really rings a bell. (laughs) You know? And then I think that's, because if if he would have created him, he'd have had him him by his side since fucking day 12. Well, unless, like, the... And this is just me trying to rationalize something that's not going to happen anyway. But you could maybe even explain it away as like whenever you create life from nothing, you don't know where that life's going to pop up. Like maybe he's able to do it, but it's just random and could happen to anybody. And it just so happens Shmi is selected and it takes him years to track down his creation. Or, you know, like the Force somehow uh, had them cross paths. It's not a coincidence. It's the will of the Force that Palpatine eventually found the thing he created. And the same could be said for Ray if they ever if that was something they made they happened that he Even tried Palpatine again knew with to fe- leave it to the Force, right? And somehow Ray found her way to the Emperor and Palpatine, and then that's when he realized this is my second creation and something like that. But again, this is all speculatory because so, this isn't what we got. But so while we're talking about that speech from Palpatine, can we focus on the really awesome theme at the end of this movie with Ben healing Ray? Saving what he loves, which is something we get from Rose in The Last Jedi. Mm. They win by saving what they love. I like that aspect of it, but also the aspect that the Sith did not have the power to keep the ones they loved from dying. That power was with the Jedi inherently from the start. What Anakin was not able to do by turning to the dark side, Ben was able to do by turning to the light. Oh, see? All right, Mike, you're winning me over with this movie a little bit more. That was deep. 
I was as deep as Palpatine's lair. Yeah, you're you're pulling some stuff out of me here that I didn't I didn't realize. I don't both, know if they intended uh, it or both, not. I, I both, buy that. I like that explanation. Both Ben and Ray had a little bit of dark side power and like like they both had Sith and Jedi in them. Ray in her blood and, you know Ray had Sith in her blood, but you know, Jedi in her training as with like Ben had Jedi in his training or Jedi in his blood and Sith in his training. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they both had a little bit of each of that. Cause even Ray, like you think Ray kills fucking Chewie in the beginning. He's <laughs> just like with force lightning. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, well I like, think even back force lightning like... is not necessarily only dark side. We do see Yoda use it. He doesn't use it. In he deflects pre- it. Back. He does not. He 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 deflects it and reflex it, and absorbs it. And she's having those those dark okay. visions too. Well, I feel like the pull to the dark is there for all Jedi. I don't feel like that's. And that's that was my argument is that you don't have to be a Palpatine to get visions of the dark side. Feeling hate and anger and stuff that's a human emotion. You don't have to be a Palpatine to feel a pull to the dark side. I'm with Mike. That could be anybody. That that's right. your own strength to overcome that. I've only I've only seen two seasons of uh Rebels, but I feel like Ezra gets pulled here and there. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Well, and we've all seen enough of the Mandalorian uh at this point that we see even baby Yoda has a bit a bit of dark side in him. Don't you say a word about baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> what are you t- he force chokes. <laughs> For a good reason. He was Is it he force chokes <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't talk about Baby Yoda like that. <laughs> I mean, he gets an angry look on his face and grabs somebody up in a force choke. No, so. we just had a poopy diaper. We need a cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we changed my diaper. Um, I want to come back That's around a dangerous to the baby. Palpatine bloodline <laughs> thing. I don't know if uh, Paula and Andy, did you guys get in on on your thoughts on the the bloodline thing? I think maybe yeah, Paula did. Uh, yeah. Andy, are you? What do, you, what do you think? Like it? Don't like it? How do you feel about the that twist reveal? Um, based on what happened in the Last Jedi, I was um, I was thinking that uh, Kylo Ren tells her that she comes from nothing. Yes, and he tells her that to me specifically. To try to protect her from what he knows that she is. Well, he didn't even know what she is at that point. He finds I out. I feel the like he did. He finds out at the beginning of this movie because the emperor tells her who she is. Tells him. Tells yeah. Sorry. Tells him. But I feel like he can feel that she is from some sort of something. Maybe he doesn't know what something. But... He doesn't know exactly who, but he he does know that she is something special. And he tells her that to sort of try to protect her from. You think maybe he was trying to neg her a little bit, you know? You know, like negging, like giving them a negative comment, compliment, you know, to bring her down a little bit. So, so when he puts out the hand to say, join me, that she's more willing to because she believes she's less. All right. So I want to make a comparison here. Maybe. And that's the, the reveal in Empire. And this this is, again, coming back to one of my biggest complaints about this movie was that you know, Ryan Johnson had been interviewed about them that moment in The Last Jedi when Kylo tells her she's from nothing, you're not part of the story, all that stuff. 
And his explanation and justification was that, like, that's the worst possible thing she could hear in that moment. And he compares it to what happens to Luke in Empire. Luke learning that Darth Vader is his father is the worst possible thing Luke could hear in that moment. And then it's about how does the character bounce back from that? Um, so when that reveal happens in Empire, in 1980, when people saw that, for three years, they assumed Darth Vader was lying to try to get Luke to come to the dark side. And then Return of the Jedi, you find out, no, Vader was telling the truth. And it's how does Luke bounce back from that? This movie, or in Trilogy, sets up sort of the same thing, where you get that reveal for Rey in, in The Last Jedi, and now for this movie, we are led to believe we're going to see how she bounces back from learning that depressing truth. And they walk it back. And it irritates the crap out of me. Now suddenly she is some someone important. It's not just her... Well, you, you just said everyone thought that Vader was lying for three years. Right, and I... The... the but you find out that it's true. What's the difference between everyone? Because him know, telling her that she is from no one, everyone assumed he's lying. I wanted to see the truth of that, that she is from no one. I wanted to see how she bounce, bounces back from that truth, not to being able to latch on to, yes, I am from someone important. It it, okay. it walks. I mean, it, it does the opposite of what Empire does for Jedi, is what I'm trying to get at. And And you didn't like that because you wanted it to be exactly like... The original trilogy? I mean, they do a lot of stuff that's that parallels each other. So, yeah, I think the reveal... Having that low point in The Last Jedi shouldn't give you this other... other Try to make a lower point for that character in the next movie that somehow retcons the previous low point. If that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The third act of the trilogy is like, how do you... How do you you know, the third act, the second act in the trilogy is everything is bad. It can't get any worse, which is the message of the last Jedi. Everybody fails. The resistance is dead. You know, they're struggling to get everything together. And this movie is like, how do you recover and bounce back from that? Granted, there's a couple, you know, road bumps along the way, but ultimately they're going to succeed. This one tries to throw another twist at you that I don't feel like should have been there at all and tries so to keep on maybe moving. there's a bit of theme playing through all of this about balance and that and I'm playing devil's advocate here I'm not necessarily saying this is my opinion but the theme of balance uh, that's a part of Star Wars is perhaps saying that there has to be a bit of light and dark within you to truly overcome everything to but truly have win to out the day bad guy blood like that my argument is that you could be that's a human trait everybody whether you're from a Palpatine, a Skywalker, it doesn't matter. You have good and bad in you, regardless. Speak for um, yourself. Rainbow because butterflies. General, general audiences need <laughs> Paula being the things. <laughs> as opposed to subtlety. General audiences need it handed to them on a silver platter so that they understand the themes in play, and even then, they generally don't understand them. Yeah, and I, maybe that, you know, this is maybe what I have to come to terms with, is the the... the Plot points like this and the, the story decisions that I liked in Last Jedi are maybe better off served in these spinoff movies and not the main saga, general movie-going audience stuff. And and now that I've got a taste of it from The Last Jedi is kind of what I wanted to break the mold going forward, but it just kind of like went back to square one and, and staple Star Wars, which is fine. I just, after coming off that movie, I expected 
better, I think. I think that's why I wanted more from the redemption of Ben Solo. Like, the end of the movie is what I'm living for. Like, yeah. because we get that, like, one-on-one action with him and the Knights of Ren, and then him and Rey, Rey teaming up, and the end with them with the two lightsabers, I pretty much lost my shit right there. <laughs> like, that's just make that my screensaver right now, is the two of them <laughs> looking at Palpatine with their lightsabers. And I'm like, this is what I'm here for. Like, these two battling this guy, like, that's... I wish there was more of that, and I wish I had more of them with them having time together. Yeah. And if you didn't... I understand he had to die, but I just wanted more of that. And that's something maybe that could have happened if they just somehow got rid of the whole Rey as a Palpatine bloodline thing and just made Palpatine the bad guy that they have to stop. Without Mm -hmm. all the explanation about her being tied to Palpatine, that's story time and movie time that could be saved for something else. So I don't know. That's just again. I, I don't want to necessarily shift entirely, but go ahead, Paul. You had something to say. I don't. I wanna... I, I wasn't not okay with. It. I like it was a little cheesy, and I get it. Like I get where they had to take it, but I was in the end, I was okay with it. I yeah. was like, I made my peace with it. And that's I think one of the biggest things I have to accept is the way this movie treats her lineage. Is that mm-hmm. if if this movie came after The Force Awakens, I would much rather prefer that because then it mm-hmm. would line up a little bit better as like the whole thing of force awakens is trying to figure out who she's connected to and who, why, why is she important? And then you get the reveal in the next movie that she's a Palpatine. Cool. I'm fine with that. Now that it happens at the end, instead of the middle, it, it throws off what I expect in the way the story to me, the way the story flows in this three act structure feels disjointed now. Yeah. So, Okay. What I was going to say, Brian, is I'm going to change gears a little bit. And I told you about something, uh, a theory that I had. You didn't tell me what the theory certain... was. No, I didn't. I told you about weird. it. Because I wanted you to hear it for the first time here oh, oh, while we're recording. <laughs> um, and I told you, like, it's a good it's a good time to cut this theory in at this moment. Um, now... It may ruin the Ben Redemption arc, um, but this theory is, it's outlandish. I want to apologize for it ahead of time, but. It wouldn't be you if it wasn't. That's true. (laughs) I do have some crazy shit that I say, and this is going to fall right in there. And you're probably going to shot me down with something that I haven't thought of really quick, but I'm going to go into it. That's my job. So when we see Ben die and disappear into the force. We also see Leia disappear with the Force. Yeah. Strange theory. Leia was influencing Ben's turn to the light a lot more than the movie explained. I she agree with that. put more emotions into him and influenced him greatly to make him turn. He did not turn on his own. He turned by her sheer force of will within mm. him to and get would- him to turn kind of buy that but then it would take away from kylo and ben's story i like that she was with him and i feel like she was with him helping him be strong i don't know if she was the reason like the whole time but i feel like her she was definitely with him i felt I like mike, that was what your, was happening there mike with your explanation you almost make his turn involuntary for him like he had no basically choice. yes Which, i feel like she made yeah. it happen yeah, see, no. I don't like that. I feel like she is why story. he sees Han. I don't necessarily like it for the story, but it's a theory I have that she is able to exert uh, enough 
of her will. When does the book come out? <laughs> That's a good question. I am not sure when the novelization it, comes out. Yeah, I think it's sometime, obviously it has to be sometime next year. Um, but I feel like they might give us more explanation, maybe a little bit more insight. Yeah, typically even, the, the novelizations do that. You know, JJ's, you know, going to probably do the voiceover whenever the, the way movie I, comes out. The way I kind of see it, and it's a little spinoff of what Mike is, is saying, is Leia is probably uniquely aware of Kylo's standing in the Force, kind of wherever he is. You know what I mean? Um, just because, you know, mother, son, um, and he's sort of uniquely aware of where she is as well. Like he knows that she's, uh, you know, on the ship and he knows not to fire on her and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But, um, I feel like she was looking for any opportune moment whatsoever to sort of push the door open. So I feel like the door was cracked open and she just sort of flung it open more. Does that make sense? Yeah, but are you saying she stuck with him that entire time, or once she? Cause no, I think the movie she lets just... you believe once he gets stabbed by Ray, she's gone. Like that's that's the moment Leia dies. Right, but her disappearing at the same time as him, I feel like. I think that's more that. symbolic of just the end of the Skywalker bloodline. Okay, because they are the last remaining left. When he finally dies, that's the end of the Skywalker line. They go together, and that's it. Until Ray has her solo baby. <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> and she's okay with it. <laughs> Andy's apparently okay with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Raylo friends. Um. All right, so I want to make sure Mike gets in here because I think we're going to lose him a little bit. So, Mike, any final yeah, but... stuff you want to you want to get out here? Um. So a few things um, that I would want to make mention of briefly before I get to like a topic that would require some discussion. Um, first and foremost, I, I love and hate that they brought wedge back. Um, so that moment, I have a problem with that moment and I'll, I'll talk about it whenever. Well, that, that may be what I'm about to say is that wedge coming back right there. Does that mean that he ignored the resistance and wasn't taking part in it up until that point, and that he also ignored the call for help from Crate? So okay, but only <clears throat> when Lando comes with the call to say we can actually win this time does Wedge fully come back. Paula might agree with me with this because I know you read the book, Paula. Yeah, um, the Resistance Reborn book that is supposed to take place before this movie. Wedge is in that book. Okay, so. During the course of the book, they they are trying, you know, the resistance is in pieces. They're trying to get people, like, bring more people into the to the cause and, and build up their numbers so they can, again, try to take on the First Order. Um, they recruit Wedge for part of that book. Uh, by the end of the book, he, like, he, he's basically retired with a wife. Um, and the one thing I've learned from that book is that Snap is basically his stepson. Okay. Which makes the moment he arrives really terrible because his stepson dies so two sad. seconds right before that. That's true. And if you think about the, the amount of fleet that shows up behind the Falcon in that moment, they would have arrived in time to save Snap. They just didn't round the Star Destroyer to give him cover. Yep. Because that's the way the movie plays it. So that irritates me. Wedge just lost a stepson and doesn't give two shits or no. 
Okay. So if he's explained that it is doing things in another book, my point, I think I'm okay with your point. Damn. Yeah. Um, so, and okay, that's a so connection that's that I didn't know until the book, but yeah, Wedge shows up in the book. And then by the end of the book, he kind of just like says like, I'm too old for this and I need to step away and has a reason to leave. So the okay. fact that they even got him back for a little bit means, yes, they went to all corners of the galaxy to really try to bring people in. Okay. But even that moment for me, I'm I'm better with it on repeat viewings, but the first time I saw it, it's like, okay, so they tried the exact same thing they did at Crate, which is send out a call for help that no one came at Crate, but now everyone's coming now when it's... I mean, it's, it, it's Lando. It's Lando. So... Yeah. so Leia wasn't good enough, but Lando. No. Yeah. He's Lando. What are you going to do? See, I don't know. That, that um, part irritates me too. But moving from there, um, another point to me that I can make quickly, it's a holocron. Call it a holocron. It's, it's I a fucking thought holocron. the same thing when they first showed it. I was like, oh, it's a cool holocron. And they kept calling it a Wayfinder. I'm like, what? It's a holocron. Yeah, there's no reason not to call it a holocron. They, that was just dumb, repurposing it to be a Wayfinder. The Space other aspect GPS. of that. Yeah, but just call it a holocron. Um, but there was only two. There was a lot more holocrons. And, and I'm sure there's Wayfinder. more Sith Wayfinders, but these two specific ones led to that spot. Do holocrons have ma- contain maps? They can I contain they any just data. Contained yeah, I thought knowledge could... and messages. I thought they could do whatever they want them to do. They're just a, thought like a plot device. Yeah. So could it be that it was a holocron, but they called it a wayfinder? Like if a holocron does a certain thing, like if a holocron has a map in it, they would call it a wayfinder. If a holocron had uh, knowledge in it, they would call it. A holocron. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? But I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'll play your silly game. I'll, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'll I'm okay that. with that explanation. Beautiful. Uh, the part that I have a little more trouble with is the dagger leading to the specific spot on the down Death Star. Do you know how specific a spot she would have to be standing in for that specific thing to work? Yeah, that's just lazy writing. The, she is, needed to be on the south to, shore. This is we the need south to have... Sh- the plot moving forward, so let's just hurry up and do this thing. I got two. Why not just have it say it's in Palpatine's chamber on the Death Star, and then you don't have fun, to have this Mike. ridiculous dagger that does something that it, it's a one in a that, trillion shot that she's standing in the correct place. That felt very National Treasure to me. Oh, a little yeah. bit, yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't mind that that feeling, but give it that extra line or two of dialogue to tell her to stand in, in an exact right, spot. Right. Just give her a sign. <laughs> yeah, put something there, a rock that she has Not to just stand on. randomly stand from. there and go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> well, could that yeah. be in whatever C-3PO was saying? Like, he spit out a lot he of says the South that I didn't Shore, understand. But the South Shore is, like, when I say you have to stand in a very specific spot or something like that to work, if she took three steps to the left, it probably wouldn't point to the same place. There's a lot of questions with that dagger. I think the Force told her. I feel like you're led to believe that, that dagger was created a while ago, and yet it points to a place that would have only been there 30 years ago. So how long, when was the dagger made? That dagger like, is... I guess we have to assume they made it after the Death Star, the second Death Star blew up, right? Because it lines up to where the wreckage was so that someone had to be standing there. Right. Yeah, I, I, I have, that just... Mm. I there, don't know. There's a, there's a gap in time there that I feel like a lot of stuff happened in the little short time that they had for that dagger. I don't know. Speaking of resembling other movies, and I had mentioned Endgame before, we just talked about National Treasure there. 
Um, anybody get Independence Day vibes about uh, tell them how to take these sons of bitches down at the very end of the movie when we're traveling from planet to planet and seeing all yeah, the different Star that. Destroyers yeah. tumble down to the ground. I got that vibe initially on the first one. I was very Robert Loja feelings there. Um, <laughs> Did I mean, someone I pulled a, pull a Holdo over Endor? That's what it looked like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and there you go again with that, with like, oh, it, like that was another point I wanted to make is how many shits on The Last Jedi they intentionally took. Oh, I wrote down a couple, yeah. With, with, with them taking that shot at Holdo, and then, like you said, again at the end of the movie, showing that one in a billion chance working. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? You don't know what the fuck you're trying to say, JJ. You're just putting shit in there to make fun of things, and it's like, you know what? Mm, I don't I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like what did he, anybody, the way he treated that. Did anybody catch the biggest dig, at least in my opinion, for the la- it, for, at the last Jedi? That, that's not what you do with a Jedi's weapon? Yeah. Yeah, and what the first, like... Luke gets the lightsaber in The Last Jedi. First thing he does is throw it over his shoulder off a cliff. He catches the lightsaber in this movie. The first thing he says is a Jedi's weapon demands more respect. Yeah. If that's I not a like... dig at The Last Jedi, I don't know what is. I don't know. I took that as, like, he's learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah, I, I... It's a far turn from the character he started at with The Last Jedi to where he is in this movie. Like, death Would has made him a con- lot happier. Would he have considered himself a Jedi at the point that Rey hands him the lightsaber? No, he wasn't. It's still a he, Jedi's weapon, though. He's not. Yeah, but I don't he know. wasn't in touch with the Force. It is, he but he, but he wasn't off to the Force. Right. Yes. So was he a Jedi then when he chucked it over his mm-hmm. shoulder? In his, in his mind, I don't believe he was. So the fact that he's come out the other end and now feels like a Jedi, he's okay talking about what you should do with a weapon. He's respectful of it. Yes. All right, Andy. I'll, I'll Maybe. To yeah. <laughs> to, to move on, I will let that go for now. Because, um, like I said, I do. I, I want to get a couple things. Um, I'm sure you guys will talk more about this. You can re- refer back to what I have to say very quickly. Um, it, Rose Tico deserved more respect and place in this story. Oh, I got a whole thing got. about that that I'm... Yeah. And, yeah, I'm sure you're going to touch on that. She... I just wanted to be like on record as saying it. Um, it, There's a couple things. If you're going to have Finn start a statement and never finish it, why have him start it at all and bring it up multiple times throughout the movie? Whether it was about him being Force-sensitive, whether it was about him loving Ray, it makes no fucking sense to me why we don't get some final think, resolution to that. I think I saw JJ confirmed the former. In an interview, mm-hmm. post it, it still doesn't it, it still doesn't sit well with me because they make yeah. it seem like he's going to tell her he loves her. They make it yeah. very very much like that. He would not express it that way, falling through that sand. If it was going to be Ray, I never got to tell you I'm force sensitive. What? It doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't play well with me, and not giving it that final. Like, I've I've come resolution. around to that moment in repeat viewings. I, I, think, I just want a resolution to it. That's all. Yeah, I just think like knowing what he's trying to tell her the rest of the movie. I think I think it plays okay. I don't know. I still don't like the moment. I don't like it being a debate moment of like he's not actually in love with her, but it's force sensitivity. Yeah. I don't. I don't but like he, that because he, he has he, a lot of conversations about the force, which yeah. in it's the fine movie on as well. Own. And you Wait, kind of come to that conclusion through the things he, you know, the conversations he has with Jana. I agree. 
but I didn't need him trying to shout to Ray about something is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. That moment of him trying to shout to Ray, I feel like it's purely there to create confusion or something. But moving on from that, my biggest uh, bugaboo that I would also like to mention is, so in the 30 years-ish since Return of the Jedi, Palpatine has survived, which we didn't get explained, uh, managed to raise an entire Sith army, which we don't get explained, create a league of followers on Exegol, which we don't get explained. And none of this rise of his final order, or Sith army, whatever you want to call it, is given any explanation or any attempt to explain it whatsoever. Because this isn't the old Empire. The, the, like, the ashes of the Empire what created the First Order. That's how the First Order came to be. The, that's, these aren't the same people. We right. even see that, where, like, the guy who ends up being in charge a bit in the fin- for the Final Order and Sith army is actually with the First Order before he goes to the Sith army, like before he, he repledges his allegiance to Palpatine. Yeah. At some point in this film, when he figures out that he's there, but where did all this come from? How just some stupid, give me five minutes or something to just, I feel like sometimes what star Wars is really good at is giving us the backstory after the fact. So, which works for no us who there. like yeah. who, we we eat that stuff up. But for people that are going in this movie just to see the movies, they have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, maybe those people don't give a shit. Like they're here; they just said that they're there. That's all I care about. Right. It's just acceptance. For us, though, that that eat up every little detail. I'm with Mike. Mm-hmm. I I need an explanation there. Yeah, it's it's too coincidental. Because to, I don't know if all those hooded like... people are like clones of Palpatine. If they're zombies, I don't fucking know. It's- I heard somebody like try to explain. I, I kind of just go ahead. I felt that they were just sort of Sith in spirit, but they obviously they don't do a goddamn fucking thing. Like you could have had an empty arena, and I think had the same effect. Yeah, they wanted the ambiance of them chanting. The star um, destroyers are the threat. Those people in the stands, they don't do shit. Right. And like, what I was going to say is I heard, I saw somebody try to explain the way is a force projection, but they're still there after Palpatine's gone and they have yeah. to show them being destroyed by all the rubble. So they were actual living beings. Were they the Sith race that lived on Exegol perhaps? And that's why like Palpatine went there. Wh- who are they? Just They could little... be under the influence of him. Well, right. Just, but just give me something. Just, yeah. just explain very, it. That's like, all I'm asking for. Like, it's Voldemort, just... Death Eater kind of a feel to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're. I mean, they're definitely worshiping him, mm-hmm. but who are they? You know, like that. That's to me the big question. Um, the other one and the biggest question as well, like another huge unanswered. Like he says in the very beginning of the movie, I created Snoke. Yeah. How? Was he, uh, like, and then we see failed Snoke clones of some sort or some shit? Failed Snoke. Yeah. (laughs) We get nothing more on that. That, to me, would be a very interesting thing to have a short conversation about how and why Snoke was Snoke. Yeah. What, what, like... They want you you to forget about Snoke. Snoke's not the important one in this movie. It's Palpatine, so they just want to play it off like, okay, he's done. Forget it. Yeah. So... 
all that said, I feel like I'll wrap up my own thoughts here before I hop out. Um, I feel like this is actually an okay end to the saga that was just done very sloppy. Um, I feel like the sloppiness bugs the shit out of me, and maybe it shouldn't. Um, the fan service was good and bad, depending on which specific instance we're talking about. Um, but I'm okay with where the story goes. I like the story. Yeah. I just don't like how it was presented. And I agree with that. I wish it had been presented better. Um, Mike, one thing I'm thinking of, I just, I should have brought it up when we were talking about the bloodline of Palpatine and stuff like that, but one thing I had in the back of my mind as to why that irritated me is because you, me, and Ian debunked that theory like three years ago. And I thought we were pretty fucking right in our explanation as to why it couldn't happen. And this movie just flat out said, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> I didn't know if that irritated you as much as me. Do you have the info on how we debunked it so we could discuss that? I remember going through, I, th- I think the one thing that the internet grabbed onto was when she fought in Kylo in The Force Awakens and now she pokes with her lightsaber. Everyone's like, oh, look, it's the, it's the move that Palpatine did. And we're like, no, that's fucking stupid. How how is that your your signifier? And I I thought I don't know I thought we had a handle on that and then this movie's like nope you're wrong completely wrong. So that that's that just kind of irritates me. Fair enough. How do you feel? Are you are you does that make you feel any more better or worse for what they did to us, throwing us under the bus kind of? I mean I don't. I feel like we discussed more about like Snoke being related to Palpatine and. Had that been explained more, maybe we would have answers to our theories about that from the time. But the whole Ray being a Palpatine thing, I I just kind of said, no, that's like, how is that going to fucking work? I don't remember specifics about, like, all of the discussion. Like, you mentioned, like, the poke thing, but I don't really remember a whole lot about what we said other than that. Yeah, that's the only thing I vividly it. remember. But I remember by the end of it, we ruled out that that was not going to happen. That was not a thing. Yeah, and... I don't know. I feel like, at the time, it wasn't. Yeah. I think that's the way I would say it. A, l- a lot could happen of, in three years then, I at guess. At the end of The Force Awakens, it was debunked and it wasn't going to be a thing, and they... I don't know. Changed things in what they wanted to do with the story in between and decided to make it a thing. So kind of yeah. like Palpatine says, I will make it legal. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what they did with that. They just willed it into existence. Yeah. They just made it. Um, all right. So good news for the podcast. Mike's not leaving. Uh, we're going to keep him around for a little bit longer. So yeah, fuck you Comcast, but also thank you at the same time for coming back. <laughs> um, Watch it drop you right in the middle of coming back. You know <laughs> what? If it does, I got my, you know, I said my piece, at least. Um, <laughs> it definitely fucked with me a little bit there, but we're back. All right, so we got a good, like, 20, 25 minutes before we got to leave leave Andy. So I want to dive into some of the stuff that you brought up, because I think that's a lot of meat of our discussion still. Um, can you run me back through, do you have your bullet points, what you just went through? Because I sort of forgot all the stuff that you mentioned. Oh, I can bring them back up. Yeah, I had closed that, but I can open it again. Um, so yeah, I talked about Finn never finishing what he wanted to say. I talked okay, about... let's go there. Finn, right, we'll Finn's... just go there. Finn's treatment in the movie. How do you guys feel with his, uh, like, he's basically Force-sensitive now, which comes out of nowhere, I think. Was there I any hints of this in the other two movies? 
I don't remember it. I feel like the internet has said a couple times that there's been hints of this, and I don't remember seeing it at all. Like this, it, I feel like it comes out of nowhere in this movie. Really? I feel like, I feel like the, Force the Force Awakens. Awakens when yeah. Kylo looks at him, he, Kylo can feel that he's Force sensitive. See, I never got that that was a Force sensitive thing. I just yeah. thought that was Kylo sensing that that dude fucked up and didn't do what he was told. No, I, 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 that's not how I saw it. I saw it as him looking like, whoa, I feel something, and then looks at him. And then that's when FN2187 or whatever his name is um, looks at him like, holy fuck, Kylo Ren is staring at me, <laughs> like, you know? And then Kylo yeah, Ren Yeah, like, I'm with Andy off. on that one. I feel like Kylo notices the light side strength. Yeah. There. Yeah, see, I always he got that as like. That. That dude's doing something shifty. Like, what the fuck's up with that guy? Why is he being weird? But if, and then, if of course, Ky- if Kylo Ren stares you down, of course you're going to look fucking scared because well, it's fucking okay. Kylo Ren. If Kylo Ren is the leader of that battalion right then, and he sees someone doing something shifty that's under his control, don't you think he would just yeah. fucking take care of that right then and there? Yeah. Which I think even leads more to the fact that if he felt light side force out of somebody, he'd put him down right there too. He also knew whenever um, Finn took the, like, made the escape, he's like, he knew. He's like, everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he knew. He knew who did he it. Did. He recognized mm-hmm. them, like, immediately when he came back without a helmet or anything. How many mm-hmm. thousands of faceless stormtroopers are there to Kylo Ren? But FN2187, he remembered. He remembered what he looked like without the mask. Yeah, I don't know. I... I... I could buy it, but almost I always like he has a force just... signature. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I always just bought it as that's the one stormtrooper that's so, doing something shifty out of everybody. So of course he's going to stand out. Well, I would also say that force sensitive does not necessarily mean light or light right. or dark. Yeah, it doesn't mean. I mean, look at Maz. Maz is not either. Right. She definitely has a connection. Yeah. So like, I feel like you don't have to be all the way. You can have a little bit and maybe through his work with the resistance and everything and what happens in the course of these three movies, he gains more and more sensitivity to the force. All right. Well, let me ask you guys more about it. Just even through let, Ray learning about it. Let me ask your opinion to see how you guys interpreted this, because if we can assume that Finn is now force sensitive when he talks to, um, what's her name? To the Yeah. Um, and she talks about her whole battalion or squad laying down their arms like Finn did. How did you interpret that? Did you interpret that as they just kind of uh, backtracked and gained a conscience or that they are all force sensitive like Finn? I don't it would feel be like... Really... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go, you go. It would be lot. really interesting to see if they really, when they were putting maybe that group of people together that they were putting force sensitives together um, to be in that group. Maybe that's what happened. Okay. Um, but then they all felt it at the same time and that it was the wrong thing to do and laid down their weapons. And because they were Finn and Jana, when they were explaining that they had both been stormtroopers and they just had a feeling, I was like, Oh, the force. Yeah. The way they have their conversation, you're led to believe the same thing that happened to Finn happened to mm-hmm. them. So if we're, Assuming that that's when Finn gets his force sensitivity, then that explanation would apply to them also. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I would say that, one, we don't know about their entire troop. Perhaps just Jaina had that feeling. Well, she said all of them did it basically well, the exact, like, 
the exact same way. But it's a domino effect. With, with something like that, it can happen where good people will, and they make this statement, good people will fight for what's right if somebody leads them. So if she was the first to throw down her arms, if the rest of them were truly good inside and knew what they were doing was wrong and were acting out of only fear, maybe they took that lead. Whereas the people with Finn didn't necessarily take the lead because all he did was refuse to shoot amongst other people who were already shooting. He didn't throw down his arms and take a stand. And if he had, he would have just been killed because Kylo was there when it happened. Um, But I feel like that feeling that Force-sensitive feeling that they get doesn't necessarily have to be all of them. You don't necessarily have to have a Force-sensitivity to just be a good person and realize that killing unarmed civilians is bad. But you take a stand when you're led by somebody. Okay. Andy, where are you at? What do you, how do you feel? Uh, the, the um, I don't know how to feel about that because... I. Even in that scene where where he's is he fixing the hyperdrive or some kind of shit like that, and they're Something they're the sort of like they're yeah. they're hit, they're sitting across from the whole talking to each other or whatnot. I almost the feel like hmm? the Land, landing gear. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I knew they were fixing something. Um, it's usually the hyperdrive because that's <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Like my God, the hyperdrive, the hyperdrive, the fucking hyperdrive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, I I felt that she almost recognized his serial number when he said it. He's like, oh, I was FN2187. She was like, really? Almost like he was sort of like a stormtrooper legend legend or like that's the traitor. You know what I mean? Which like if you were a loyalist, you'd be like, that's the traitor. Or if you were like more of like a, yeah, I kind of, I'm working for these guys, but I don't like them. That would be like your legend. Yeah. Did you guys catch yeah, that? See, I well, didn't, maybe I he didn't was the that way now. for them. Yeah, that's to do what they did. Right. She recognized it, and well, I thought both of them said like, "I feel like it's I, the way I interpret it anyway." Is that it's a surprise for both of them? They each think they're a one-off case. Even even if it even if Jana and her whole squad turned, like they just think they're, that's they're the exception, just them. So even just comparing stories and hearing that it happened to somebody else across the galaxy in a completely different area, like that's surprising okay. to both of them. Is the way I interpreted it. it. It's just it's finding a a like brother or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It maybe I saw it differently, but it, it seemed to me that she sort of got more excited when he told her his serial number, almost like she recognized it. Okay. I would have to watch the scene again now. Now I want to see like that scene again and make go, more Mike, of a, pay more three. attention to it. Now I've only wow. seen the movie once, so I've seen it less than all of you. But that was that <laughs> was my that was my impression when it happened. As well, far as her being force sensitive, I don't think she gets enough screen time for us to really catch that. Yeah, yeah, we just get that one little inkling there yeah if you're led to believe the way the movie ends you're probably gonna find out more about her somewhere else probably i'm okay with that yeah yeah with lando yeah which i that was cool i like that i I seen a couple of really bad takes about that being lando shooting his shot with jaina and it's like no he was not like if anything she's his kid yeah i feel like lando was like you know i've been around a bit (laughs) and maybe he felt like 
a connection to her through the Force. See, the one thing that I feel like there was a book that hints at Lando settling down that I've read. Um, and I kind of half expected to see like Lando and his wife show up at some point, but we never got that. So I don't, I feel like you could make the leap that he's obviously had a kid. So whether or not that's her and why he's not more broken up of like losing a kid somewhere that he doesn't know about, like that's kind of weird. I, I don't know. But either way, I think I, that's going to get explained for sure. Well, I feel like what they're doing. Lando could be like James Bond and have kids all over the solar system. Which is true. Which is true. Just Lando fucks yeah. everybody. He could. I'm just saying. That's, like, that's, we don't... that's because he's as cool as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> that's right. It's the capes. Um, I know another thing Mike had brought up. Uh, Rose. Where did everybody stand with Rose? Because I, she got, she got, really she, she got shortchanged. She got shit on. Mm-hmm. Because I actually did really enjoy her character in the Last Jedi. Yeah, Rose was the heart and soul of the Last Jedi. I I, I know that's going a long way, but the entire I, damn story centers around her and her sister, yeah, and the way that she feels about it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think, sorry, Andy, go ahead, go ahead. I I, I read this somewhere. I want to say it was on the internet, so I don't know if it's true or not. But um, that. She actually made a point to tell an interviewer that she was really excited that her character interacted with Ray in a bunch of awesome ways. Oh, they get no scenes together mm-hmm. that I can right, think of. Right, which leads me to believe that they had filmed stuff with her doing that and then cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which just makes it even worse. Right. So what was it just too meaty of a movie like they had to like part down and that was what got cut out of it or that i mean that's i don't know this brings me up to like the bigger issue to me that it's is what it even comes back to like the ray's uh bloodline being a palpatine and stuff and between that and and the treatment of rose in this movie my one of my biggest arguments and fights for this movie is it feels like that it was made by internet committee. This feels like written and directed by Reddit, and I fucking hate it. The, for all the shit that Kelly Marie Tran got after The Last Jedi and the crap online, for all those people demanding that that character be killed or written off or whatever, and I feel like she should have been front and center. Like Exactly, yeah. This is the she movie should have been for Lucasfilm running. and Disney to say, fuck you guys, you she cannot... Should... Get yeah, she, your way with that type of behavior. Yeah, we're she should have been running with Poe. She should have been running with Finn. I, she should have been running with Ray, right next like, to him. I feel like she fits into this trilogy the way that Lando fit into the original trilogy. He's introduced in the second film, and then he plays a decent big part in that film and goes on to play a decent big part in the final film as a not part of the main group, but as a side to that main group. Yeah. Um, and she has what five lines in the movie? Well, I mean that that to me is another big, huge fucking problem I have with it is Dominic Monaghan's I don't know his name throwaway character has more lines and screen time in this movie than Rose. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you look, there is a visual dictionary that was released with this movie. Dominic Monaghan's character has a two-page spread in that visual dictionary. Kelly Marie Tran. And Rose got a half of a page in that visual dictionary. And I am thinking to myself, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, the, it was to me very the, poorly handled. 
It's like the message of this movie is if you complain enough online about what you don't like, the movie will fix it for you on the next round. And that's not... They, they took all the wrong fucking lessons from the way The Last Jedi was treated online, and they completely went the opposite way with this movie. I still don't get... I, I fight with people who work about this. I, don't, I still don't get people hating The Last Jedi. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I'm I, not going to get political in a podcast. <laughs> It's I, could, I could that loop boil it in. that down very much for you to a political stance that people yeah, have. I and agree. That's but where it came from. It's all those people online that are saying, you know, the quote unquote fans don't like this character, don't want this character. Don't loop me into your definition of fans because it's not what all the fans want. It's what you want. There Stop is how looping many, this all together. What, 100,000 people or so went to celebration? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the loudest cheers we heard were from for the people that the quote-unquote fans had given the most trouble to. Yeah. Ahmad Best for Jar Jar and Kelly Marie Tran for Rose were the two biggest applauses. And if Jake Lloyd had the willingness to show up, he would get an even <laughs> bigger applause because that poor kid, they ruined his life. Yeah. So let me say again, those fans were pretty resoundly told that they aren't as much of an influence as they think they are. And then come this movie, and it's very clear that Lucasfilm let them influence them a lot. Yeah. Which means, so. the, you know, the lessons taken from this is that that's the trolls are going to think this works. Make us think. So don't think that behavior is ever going to go away. That, it's going to continue now because of this. Yeah. Make us think. It'll stick. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I do hope that we see more of those cut scenes because even in some of the magazines, they were showing... Um, Rose and Ray together. Which, yeah, which I think know, would have been a really cool on the interaction. DVD. Right. Yeah. Now, is it going to be part of like a deleted scene? Because that might be a circumstance where the deleted scene version of this movie might be better. Yeah. Are we going to get a release the Johnson cut? On this? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> release um, the Johnson. I, at this release point, the Johnson. For release the Johnson. <laughs> the uh, I think at this point the redemption for Rose is going to have to come in like a Disney Plus series. Like that would be the mm-hmm. best way to stick it to these people online is be like, you don't like her? She can get her own fucking series. Deal with it. It made me very Make sad. her family line play a huge role in the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> <laughs> when she said that the general wanted her to stay behind to learn the schematic yeah. of the you knew exactly like, where she was going to fall in that movie with that I'm line. like, we can't all be on the adventure. Like, I get it. I do. We can't all be on the ship and go and have the, the adventure. Except they introduced like three or four other characters on that journey, which Rose, awesome. I feel like, could have <laughs> could have done some of those scenes. They didn't have, they don't I, have the leadership, though. They needed people to stay behind. Not everybody can go. I wanted, so. I wanted to see more Rose and Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like, was pretty much non-existent. The on the shoulder was like, Oh, I know. Yeah, and that was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the Rose and Finn thing should have continued to be a thing. Because that was they a weren't huge gonna do the... thing on Crate. Huge. Right. We weren't going to get the Finn and Ray romance, and then they throw in the little snippet to give you that hint of, like, maybe he's talking about that, which is why I have a problem with it. And then they do nothing with that, and it's about the Force. Okay, then don't put it in. And have him have a romance with rose in this movie or something more with rose with finn they formed this crazy awesome bond in the last jedi and we get nothing i think the resistance reborn 
debunked that. Am I right, Brian? Yes. They yeah. kind of said it was just they were still just friends. Friend zone there, there's a, in that there's book. There's a point in that movie where Poe basically questions Finn of all his possible relationships and Finn debunks, debunks them all. So he Does, shuts down Ray and he shuts down Rose in that book. Did he also shut down Poe? You know, I told Paula, I the way some of that stuff is written in the book, I totally would have went for the mm-hmm. Poe and Finn romance. I kind yeah. of I would have gone either way that and that was fine with it. Sort of happening in this movie anyways. And I would have been fine with it. Like it's it's yeah. they really towed that line between bromance and romance and I was mm-hmm. I was forever all of it. It, it didn't matter. Yeah, it did and seem like look, it was <laughs> pretty well, tiny. If you look back Oscar Isaac has said he intentionally played Poe as a romantic interest to Finn. He played it romantically on he bit his purpose. Lip. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. he did it. Poe's another one that fucks too. He's getting, he's trying to get around in this whole movie. I love yeah. it. And, and you know what? Let him be by. Let him shoot his shot with Zori, get shot down, and then shoot his shot with Finn and see what happens. <laughs> I would totally accept that, and that would have been awesome because it was played as part of the story, and they never did anything but hints at it. To me, that was a better romance, no offense, Paula, than anything they had between (laughs) Ray and Kylo. Oh, offense taken! had a better romance than Ray and Kylo. (laughs) I've said it, it's the truth. Everybody would have had a better romance with Poe. (laughs) That's that's fair. Ben Solo would have had a better romance with Poe. Everybody... (laughs) likes Poe. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, and <sighs> he's charismatic as shit. Up there I love it. Exactly. Like, Poe's my good. favorite character from this entire trilogy. Take my and, money, please. But none, nonetheless, like, I just... Hashtag Poe porn. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Poe porn. I'm not going <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I feel kind of jipped that they didn't even if it was just friendship with Finn and Rose, that's fine. Let them explore and have a more in-depth friendship. You know, like, there was a lot there to work with, and they did nothing. Yeah, the the fans of that relationship needed a little bit more closure for this movie. A big sure. moment at the end of celebration and yeah. crying together in happiness or something. I mean, I yeah. feel like they got about as much as Poe and Zori got to close out everything. Yeah. So, um, Andy, since I I, f- I have a feeling we're still in the thick of things, so I think we're gonna keep going if you got a bolt. But oh, okay. is there anything you want to get to before you're out of here? Um, how do you guys? How did you feel about the droids? Uh, I liked them a lot. I thought Dio was great. Mm-hmm. I really, really like his design and how he worked, which I, I didn't realize was. until after like the second or third time seeing the movie, but J.J. Abrams did the voice for Dio. Oh. Which was cool. Um, I love BB-8. I love seeing him do a lot of stuff. R2 got the shaft. He's not really doing a lot of stuff. C-3PO got some time to shine, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's everybody. I like Dio playing a role we have not really seen before and i like that they're exploring droids a little bit that we got to see an abused droid yeah and what happens when you mistreat a droid so greatly for so long and like we got to see like different angles for droids in solo which was fun and now we're getting Mm -hmm. to see this angle here i like it i like what they're doing um yeah so yeah 
Um, Dio does not rank up there as one of my favorite droids, but that's more of a, a testament to how good the other ones are. Okay. Um, the, I guess. Doing? Do you like the droids? Oh yeah, I liked it. I loved Dio. Okay. I think he was awesome. He made me laugh every time he talked. Um, <laughs> I was a little skeptical about it at first. I'm like, what is this little thing they're rolling out on stage? Yeah, it kind of. <laughs> how how it, much emotion can we get out of this little droid? Right. Like, it, really, it, this is what they're bringing us. It sort of reminded me of the <laughs> pi- the surprised. Pixar lamp that jumps at the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, <laughs> I was that. like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that's weird. Anyways, um, do you guys know? I read a little bit of an article about this, but. Kylo Ren is on a, a planet kicking the shit out of this planet right when the movie starts. Boom. He's, he's just yeah. like red lightsabers flashing. He's just slashing, deflecting. Do you guys know where he is when he's doing that? I wish they would have introed it the way they did with Rogue One to different planets and just said Korriban. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been cool. Or if it was Dathomir, just say Dathomir. And- I've heard the internet say that it's Mustafar. That's also what I heard. That's, so does he okay. is he raiding Vader's castle in that circumstance right then? Because he has to get the, the wayfinder. That's what right. he's searching for. He's not at the castle. It looks like, but somewhere on the planet, like there. Right. Who knows what Vader kept there? Whether it was in his castle outside. The, it doesn't look but, like. It, what but I feel like he was dispatching Vader zealots. No, I just saw them as natives to the planet. Yeah, I didn't think they were. Yeah, but are they protecting? The Wayfinder. Right. They're obviously... Possibly, but I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean that they're zealots. They could just be protecting what's on the planet mm-hmm. to begin with, period. Not knowing what it is, really. I don't I don't know. More I, of an explanation, again. Yeah. Yeah. Would be great. More context to what's happening. I guess just the way I interpreted it was that they were locals to the planet. He's just killing indigenous population. Just for the That's what I it. figured. Well, I mean... He does kind of do that. That's kind of a first ordery <laughs> thing. His mo. If you're between him and what he need, what he's after, he's going to take you out. Okay. I I kind of I kind of after reading that <laughs> article, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> was more thinking that these were people protecting Vader's area yeah um, i think if, yeah if it was if it was mustafar i think they should have made it more clear and that would have been something that vader had in a vault in his castle like right. go to the castle and raid the castle would have been cool i mean the yeah. outside view of the planet to me does not look like mustafar that that would be my whole thing they show this very red planet not this very orange planet i mean they're pretty similar so i don't know orange and red are pretty close in colors uh that red and lava are not that close I don't know. I I interpret it as Mustafar. The internet seems to believe it's Mustafar. That's all I've got. I haven't heard another planet. Okay. I would I would just prefer something more. I'm gonna go back. Like I want to look and see. I can't remember if we get an outside look at Mustafar in Rogue One. Um, I mean, at the can't... very least, we should see it in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but I remember it in Revenge of the Sith being like orange. Like, I feel like it looks from the outside the same way Celeste does. Yeah, then I don't know. But I feel like we may get that look at it, and I'm, I want to go back and check out those scenes in Rogue One. And I feel like that could be where your answer is. If we get the same look from the outside of the planet in Rogue One as we do here, then yeah, it's definitely Mustafar. If we get an outside look at a planet that looks different, then I would say it's not. 
because it's the same group of people making the planet look that way. So I would have to check that. I was out. I was always under the impression that Mustafar didn't really have a forest though, and they're in a looky look like they're in a forest, which to right. me it's a volcanic planet, so I didn't expect like vegetation to be there. Yeah, I feel like there's so that throws me too. So I don't know. I mean, doesn't a lot of doesn't volcanic ash really like? provide a lot of nutrients for plants and stuff isn't that like why a lot of hawaii is so densely lush, lush? Yeah, that could. yeah yeah i thought all right i'll buy that yeah and there's definitely ash all around them when they're fighting right um so i'm gonna leave you with this like it's it's a star wars movie i'm gonna love it if you gave it a rating out of 10 where do you stand uh out of 10 i would probably give it a I don't even remember what I gave The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens, but I'd probably <laughs> give it like a seven and a half, eight. No, okay. That's a little <clears throat> bit lower, I think, than I expected. Uh, 11 Star Wars movies that we have, main canon movies, live action at this point. Where do you put it on your list? Ooh, that's tough because I'd have to weigh each and every one of them and make an actual list know, to do a- that. So, it's a question I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to put anybody on the spot. Just right. Like, just I've, made, I've, I've made the list recently myself I, just I, to know where I, I know that list is going list. around and people have been asking it me, me lately, but I have not actually sat down and been like, okay, I really have to think. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, whatever movie I'm currently watching is my favorite. Okay. Know? Okay. So it, it's going to be tough to say. Um, and maybe I can come back around to it at some point. But right now, I somewhere in the middle. Homework for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say somewhere in the middle. Okay. Right. Fair That's enough. fair. Uh, all right. We cutting you loose. Do you have anything else? Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I enjoyed it. I would really like to go see it in IMAX and get like a really good... Um, my first experience, there was a guy behind me who sounded like Darth Vader in his breathing and kicked me every three and a half minutes. So <laughs> I had the same experience in the first time I watched it, except yeah. it was a child that was yeah. like talking through every scene and kicking my seat. Yeah. And he was choking on his popcorn and I had popcorn in my hair when I left. So I was not oh. real happy about that. And I would like my to experience was not that bad. A better <laughs> experience than that. <laughs> well, it can only go off from there. But I yes. did enjoy the movie, so it didn't break. It didn't <laughs> quite break my immersion to the point where I was like, "Fuck this!" But um, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, it, I would like to see it again. Just, um, but thanks for having me. I had fun and uh, enjoy your conversation. Yeah, thanks enjoy for being on. Here. We will miss you. We'll try not to cover too much uh, meaty shit without you. I mean, either that or you just come back and listen where you where you left off. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just say my comments to myself. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Put them on Facebook like Josh does. <laughs> just film, just film yourself reacting to the rest of the episode, where you, like you just react honestly and like Mike's a dumb fucker. Like, <laughs> you just say it out loud, and then we get to watch it and see how you really feel. I'm gonna live stream my listen. There we go. I love it. Do it. <laughs> Tie into the podcast. All right. See you guys later. It was fun. All right, Andy. Bye. See you, Andy. Uh, all right, so we have cut Andy loose. It's just uh, we're not down to three. Um, so I don't remember, Mike, what were some of the other bullet points you had? We talked about Rose. We talked about uh, whatever else you tried to mention when you were leaving. What else did you bring up? 
Uh, I mentioned that. I mentioned the holocron thing. I think we touched on fairly yeah. well. Um, I have a note there about like the force teleportation. I feel like we expressed some distaste for that, but I don't know that we uh, got into it a whole lot. Is that I specific? It was are you talking so about the cool. lightsaber thing? Or are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was I awesome. I have about force powers going too far over the line in some okay, cases for me. Okay, we talked about me. some of that too. Yeah, like I feel all like we touched powers. on it. <laughs> give me them. Give me all. Is this of them. The stuff you mentioned whenever you were, whenever you were trying to cut loose? I feel like you were you were maybe touching on different stuff. Oh, I'm trying uh, to remember. I thought you were just asking me about the list I had. Sorry. No, the stuff the stuff you touched on when you were trying to when you thought you were leaving. Um, the Sith army and the, like, where the hell do all these people come from? Um, yeah, I think we dove into a little bit, but is there anything else we want to add for, for that stuff, wherever those things came from, any other theories or speculation? I just, because I was, I kind of assumed, like, a lot of these people were, the, one, the hooded figures might be clones, but even the people manning the Star Destroyers, I thought they could explain away as being clones also, but then you see the people in the Star Destroyers and they're just regular people. So, mm-hmm. like, where the fuck did these people come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I just wanted to would have made more there. sense if they were clones, though. Yeah, they. If if you're led to believe that cloning is what you know he did to Snoke, or you know that's a Sith thing that they've been toying with over the last thirty years, then of course they're going to be able to clone people to have enough to you know fly and man thousands of star destroyers or however many are fucking there. And how much cooler would it have been if they were still all clones of uh, Jango Fett? Well, that would have been a big threat then. That's what I mean. Like, what? What is a lot more capable than just random generals and stuff that are hanging around, right? But, but, like, that's what I mean. Like, how how cool would that have been if, like, the Kaminoans were still creating him an army somehow? Yeah, like he had rerouted that army to himself, like in between, like Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope, he had started stockpiling this Sith army elsewhere in private, away from the Empire and everything else. I mean, Exegol would be the perfect place to do it. No one knew where it was. Yes. And I feel like that would be an awesome explanation for, A, Mm -hmm. what happens to the rest of the clones. Because we still don't really get a whole lot about where do the clones go after Revenge of the Sith, and how do they transfer into not being clones in in the original trilogy. There's not a whole lot of information about because there was how many clones that had to go somewhere, and we don't get a whole lot on that. We know they were decommissioned and stuff like that from rebels that we find mm-hmm. out from like Rex and all that there, but I feel like I'm not happy with that as much. I mean, we kind of see it a little bit in The Mandalorian, they're still working. For the First Order. Or they're still working for, like, the Underground Empire, whatever it is. No, those are Stormtroopers. Those aren't the clones. Mandalorian's taking place after Jedi. After Return of the Jedi. So the clones are all gone by then. Okay. Yeah, I think, Paula, there's there's an assumption to be made that, like, the clones from Revenge of the Sith turn into the Stormtroopers for A New Hope. And I think that's been debunked somewhere. Okay. That they they start recruitment yeah, they, for random people instead of clones being stormtroopers. 
Yeah. Uh, so the, okay. the stormtroopers you see in the... A New Hope are not clones from Revenge of the Sith. They're just random people that they've recruited and trained. Which is why uh, they're not the crack shots that the clone troopers... The clone troopers were like <laughs> aces at everything they okay. did. And they were extremely efficient troops. But they were also harder to control, evidently. And we see a lot of that in the Clone Wars and all that. Because so, I always thought the, the growth accelerations with the clone is like by the time the original trilogy rolls around that they've all died off because of the growth accelerators, but the way rebels and what happens to Rex and stuff, because I think Rex has been confirmed to be in return of the Jedi, right? Something along those lines. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. At the, um, the battle He's of Endor. On Endor. Yeah. yeah. So if like, if, if you go with that assumption, then the clones obviously could have been alive at that point, or maybe they're just too old to be in active service. To, so like Mike said, they get decommissioned and just thrown off somewhere. Yeah. They want, they want young blood for their army. So they would have Got recruited it. younger people. Right. And what happened to all the clones that were being made? When did the Kaminoans stop making clones? I would have loved that as an explanation for where the Sith army came from. That to me would yeah, have been an awesome tie in. And maybe it still is. Maybe the officers aren't, but the general troopers are. Maybe they stop making clones officers and we'll get some sort of retcon into that. Um, but all the same, it would have been cool. But we yeah. can't have all the answers. Like, they can't possibly take every question that we have and answer it in two and a half hours. Like, it's impossible. I agree, True, but, but I would some argue... things are really big holes. <laughs> and I would argue for something they're being billed as the conclusion to this saga, the end of the era. This is the movie where we should have gotten more answers than questions. And I feel like I'm walking out of here going, what the fuck happened there? Why is this here? You need to explain this. Like, that's not the way I wanted to feel after this movie. Everything should have been wrapped up in a neat little package by the end of this one. Yes. Like, the whole, the case in point, having Lando talk to Janna and then allude to her, like, where she comes from, and hinting at a complete other story, Mm -hmm. this has no business being in this fucking movie. If this is the end of this, and everyone's celebrating the end, there's no reason they need to set up the next thing. Yeah. And if I, you just gave us that story after the fact, just said, here's a book about Lando and Janna traveling the, the galaxy looking for her ancestry or parents or whatever. Cool. Give us that. Don't or have to set it up in this movie before you give us that. Even like a backstory, like a prequel for her. Yeah. I would, I would read that book. I'd find that cool. See how and why they, you know, what happened and how they formed whatever little I, I society like that they formed on... Endor. I, I feel like I remember talking about when JJ got this job that it was uh, like that was a lot of complaints from people was that JJ doesn't know how to tie up a story. He knows how to set the mystery box for stories and how to start stories, but he's never been tasked with, you know, capping them off and finishing what he sets up. Yeah. And I was I think at the time I was arguing I had confidence in him to do it because, you know, he had what happened with The Force Awakens and the mystery box stuff. That's how you would need to start the trilogy. But now that mm-hmm. he's getting a chance to do the third act. He'd be able to close it out completely. I can admit I was wrong. He did not do that, <laughs> and it irritates me. Yeah, and I guess, you know, we'll get – I say this a lot now. I'm looking forward to seeing where things are going to go with Star Wars from here. Yeah. What new stories are we going to be told in the future about Star Wars. Are we going to see these same characters ever again? Or are we going to completely different timelines and completely different stories for the saga? Yeah. Um, 
I, for one, you know, I hope that they take it completely away from these characters. Not that I don't like these characters, but I think we talked about this earlier when we talked about the escalation of threat. We didn't say it that way, but the escalation of threat, they just experienced basically the maximum amount of threat you can experience in Star Wars. A single person able to take down an entire fleet by themselves, and if they continue with the same characters, having already defeated that, what's the next thing that's actually going to pose a threat to what they are? And I don't, yeah. I don't feel like we can escalate from where we've already gone. So I feel like they leave it where see, it's this is at, the point where, okay with it. where I want to see some of the stuff from the uh, Legends storyline. That like this, this is the the point where the Legends canon novels and stuff. They got to a point where they were doing. Where every story had to do with another super weapon or another remnant of the Empire trying to cause disruption amongst the New Republic. And they got to the point where it was stale. They were just doing the same crap over again. So to kick off this new series, they introduced another alien race from another galaxy that came into their galaxy and basically waged war on them. These movies would need something like that to happen to kickstart another trilogy or like these main saga movies going forward. Right. A Kree scroll war, if you will. Yeah. Um, which I think we're heading towards with the MCU. So I think they need something along that same line, and they're going to mirror them each other if they go that route. Um, and that's asking for a lot. I mean, they, they pull out of, you know, whatever they think works out of Legends for themselves, they'll put in and make it canon now. So I don't know if they'd go as far as bringing in the Yuzan Vong and stuff like that to for them to fight and all that stuff. But I'd love to see that on screen. For sure. I, I tend to agree with what you said earlier and that I want the smaller stories. For now, yes. But like, if they do if they in ten years they do ten, eight, and nine or ten, eleven, twelve, ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, <laughs> uh I, I feel like that would be a good threat to bring in. Something outside otherworldly, completely new. Don't give us first order remnants of the Empire stuff. Just mm-hmm. just bring give us a new threat is is yeah. my biggest thing. I just wish we had more of like Jedi lore and you know, finding yeah. hidden temples and you know learning about the past and things like that because that's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. Yeah, um, haven't read it in books or played the game, so like I wish they had explored that a little bit more. And like you were saying, like you know maybe her going to a temple and you know finding a kyber crystal or something like that. Like that's a story, something very personal and deep like that that I wish. And I'm sure there's stories. Happened to be had there there's definitely eras and stories that can be told there whether we get it in a movie or a disney plus series or something but i i i nothing's announced but i would assume that's sort of where they're heading that's an untapped part of star wars that i think right. everyone's asking for that they haven't done anything with yet yeah and i would love to see it mm-hmm. like there's so many things i would love to see them do like <laughs> Give me something a la Shadows of the Empire. Maybe not Shadows of the Empire specifically, but something like that. Where I feel like Solo started down that path, but didn't really go the full way. And it could have. Maybe Solo 2, if we ever get that. Can go Hashtag further. make Solo 2 happen. Please. Okay. Um, 
but I want to see that. I want to see, like Paul is saying, the exploration of Jedi lore would be fun for them to touch on if they went to a, you know, Old Republic storyline. Or anything yeah. that, even if they don't do the Old Republic, doesn't have to be the Old Republic. It doesn't have to be Darth Revan. It doesn't have to be Darth Bane. Go back into ancient times before all of this became a war and tell us how the conflict between the Jedi and the Sith started. Make new canon for it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. give us something deep to go forward with. But I feel like we're going way off topic from the movie itself. Um, and I know. Look at you, are redirecting us again. Well, <laughs> you, you like it when I redirect. And I felt like we were, <laughs> we were starting to steer off course and then we just went down a, big giant hill there well as yeah as i said this is star wars these podcasts go on forever so but um yeah mike what were some of your other bullet points that you tried you were starting to end with when you were when you thought you were leaving i want to make because a lot of the stuff you were bringing up was stuff i intended to dive into and then we sort of just skimmed over them real quick because we thought you were leaving um how does palpatine survive and what did he do with snoke i think is something that is worth talking about um because we we know that he survived and that's all we get told um, yeah. we, we don't really get told how he survives what happened on the second Death Star. Where did he go? What did he do? How did he start to form any of this? Where did I think that's begin? the biggest hiccup for me, is that how does he end up on Exegol? I always assumed with the Emperor being back and then seeing the remnants of the Death Star in the trailer, you're led to believe he's still in the Death Star. Like that was, I thought that was going to be the climax of the movie, was them finding him there right, and dealing with that. Do you think that Exegol was, like, whenever he was going, you know, they were showing, like, it was a Sith temple of some sort, because there was all these, like, statues around, and I just felt like it's some type of, like, sacred Sith place for them. Oh, it um, definitely is. I mean, and that's... then Dominic uh, Monahan said something like, you know, dark magic, it's, you know... Sith cloning or something like that. Right, right. So I think they were trying to explain it very quickly. What could have yeah. happened and then let us come to our own conclusions. Like, I think it could be explained away that Sidious or yeah, Palpatine knew about that temple from mm-hmm. the beginning. And that could be just like his secret base or hideaway. So, but so, the, how he got from point A to there, like from Death Star, the second Death Star to there is the part where I'm like, what, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, World what, between what, worlds. <laughs> how does he, right. But uh, like a little super highway there. I want to, I, I feel like I want to get into that with you, but I don't want to get too much into it for the people that don't know rebels. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to start They've ta- had talking. Plenty of time. To and watch then there's rebels. someone, someone like Andy who still that's, hasn't got there. So I'm, hey, if, if we are talking spoilers about the rise of Skywalker, that's where I want to stick to it. We're not going to try to get spoilers on okay. all of star Wars. Okay. Just the movie. All, all the same. You can mention the Plain war between worlds as a thing. And I'm not going to get into any more than that in saying that it is a thing i'm not going to tell you what it is or anything but in this movie we if we if that's going to be the explanation let it be the explanation give us that explanation give us a scene give us something make this movie three and a half hours long people would fucking eat it up that honestly paula that would be enough for me if they if palpatine just had a line of dialogue that literally said something with the world between worlds Mm -hmm. for us that watch the show we'd get it yeah yeah for and anyone then, that doesn't, it's just a line of dialogue they don't really care about. They gloss over, they move on. And, and it's not even gloss over, then then you give them something like that breadcrumb to go and find out where that comes from. What's he talking right. about? Holy crap, maybe more people watch Rebels then. 
when Ray stares it's up at the stars and then starts to hear voices, it's the same thing as it in that episode. And it's like this is I feel like I'm watching that episode. And that's why mm. I feel like it's so similar. So why couldn't he, they have brought him in from that? Because Ezra almost did. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll talk about this off air. I don't I, I kinda okay. wanna get into it, but not here. Okay. So we'll 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 talk later because I'm just thinking oh. of certain people that would listen to this that I know have for a fact have not got to Rebels yet, and I don't okay. want to spoil anything for them. Right, and without spoiling anything, I can say they could have just shown it, they okay. said it, shown it, did something on screen, and that's my gripe with it. If that's the answer, make it the answer. Yeah, make it solid. Um, and I feel like that's something that quite often they take some. I don't know, I don't want to call it fear, but it is fear of, like, connecting their animated universe with the cinematic universe. And that they give these little breadcrumbs, like we see the ghost show up, you hear Kanan, and you hear Ahsoka in the end there. But that's all they give you, is those little breadcrumbs and teases to it. But they don't go full bore into connecting the two universes. The I way just that feel they like could. that was the connection, though. Like, why put that in there if they're not intending us to make that connection? Like, why even give us those breadcrumbs at all? Why not just have, like, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu? I mean, they had enough people in there. Why give us Kanan and, and then Ahsoka? They right, but I'm saying... that connection. Yeah, they want us to, but at the same time, they could do more. I want... Do you know, like, the difference for me it makes if I... If they take... The extra step and show Ahsoka and show a live action version of Kanan. It, like, and they take that extra step when the Force ghosts are speaking to her and they actually show up. It means so much more to actually validate it. And I don't, I just don't think they're ready for that. Like, they're not ready to show those people because they're not, like, they're not ready to cast those people. So, yeah, a voice is is all that we get and that's that's enough for me well the biggest thing is like if they do those characters from animation and live action and they do not sound or look like the people on screen like obviously if you hire an actor that looks like ahsoka you're not going to have ashley Eckstein's voice so right. immediately the people that watch the show are going to go well that doesn't sound like ahsoka and there's a disconnect there from the beginning i mean so it's, I'll say it's harder to do that kind of thing i get for it. ahsoka they can hide whoever they want a lot more than they can with some characters. And I'd also say Freddie Prince Jr. can absolutely pull off Kanan in real life. Oh, I'd love to see him do a live action Kanan for sure. So, but in these cases, I don't think they're going to do it. Fair enough. Um, I, but I would like them to. And I feel like that's something I would, that I'm getting at is like when they could take those jumps, they could take those jumps, but something else along those lines of taking those jumps and confirming things that, Brian and I had briefly mentioned, um, and I had just actually mentioned Shadows of the Empire, and we're still I'm still waiting on somebody to provide a good high-definition shot of all the ships that show up at the end. <laughs> um, because I have heard tell, and I've seen blurry images, nothing high-definition as of yet as a still, claiming that the Outrider is among the ships that shows up at the final battle. 
which I've seen it five times, and I still can't figure out where that ship could be. The, those shots go to go by way too quickly, and there's too many ships in the shots for me to focus on where the mm. hell this thing's supposed to be. Right. The only ones we have that are clear are the ones from the trailer, because that's all data that people have and can actually pause themselves at this point and get the high-definition shot, which in that group, we know the ghost is there. There is another one that's in there that is confirmed, and that's the Razor Crest. That is there. Um, that's been there since Wait, the Wait, refresh my memory. Which, which ship, whose ship is that? The Mandalorian. Oh, oh okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the ra- I knew I recognized the name. I couldn't figure it out. That, that is confirmed in a still shot to be the Razor Crest. So we have the Ghost and we have the Razor Crest for sure. And we have several other types of ships confirmed. Um. Yeah, the Ghost is front and center. Like, I, mm-hmm. I so, can't not look I at that I was in a couple scenes. Now. Yeah. So is the Razor Crest when they first show up. It's right behind where the Falcon is. Like, it's just right not far behind. It's okay. just not may- maybe as recognizable a ship as the Ghost, because you've only seen it a few times, and most of the shots yeah. we see of it are inside it. Whereas the Ghost we've seen God knows how many times in the show. Um, <clears throat> I like those Easter eggs being thrown in. And yeah, that'll be the stuff that I pause a lot when I get the movie on home video. Right, and that, and that, like, if the Outrider is actually there or something close, if it's close enough, I'm calling it the Outrider. You know what I mean? Like, if I see something that is, like, the blurry shots claiming it are like, okay, but uh, I don't know. If when I get, like, a, the ability to pause it and I'm like, close enough, calling it. Dash Rendar is canon. Like, I'll I'll go that far. On my own. <laughs> Wh- whether yeah, or say, just because it's the it. ship, we don't know if that's the same designation. Like, if that's the name of the ship, maybe it's just a similar mo- make and model. That's Even true. Even if it is the ship, we don't know if it's actually Dash Rendar. They could make another character that's kind of like okay, Dash. Like, you know okay. what I mean? Like, we, you're making a lot of leaps. Okay. I just want to. I just want to rein you in a little bit before you get too <laughs> excited. I'm just saying there's a less than ten percent chance that Dash Rendar is canon right now. <laughs> less than ten percent. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm not saying, like I said, until I see a high-definition still shot, I'm not claiming anything for real. Yeah. But supposedly, it's there. Um, and right, so I'm going to bring us back to your bullet points, unless you got something else real quick. Uh, one other thing that I... It's in my bullet points. I didn't mention it because it seemed very small. Uh, but I'm going to make a point that uh, I noticed in the credits. Um, the... Why is the name? Oh, the um, Mon Calamari that is in this movie is uh, actually confirmed to be too. Akbar's child. Yes. Um, I, I found that weird, but also it looked weird. Um, and maybe that's why we haven't seen many live action young Mon Calamari because it is kind of how they look in the Clone Wars. Yes. They, they do. They definitely have that same sort of look. It just looked really weird in live action. But it was weird to see that it was confirmed to be his son and just, or son or daughter. I don't remember if it, I don't remember the first name. So I don't All these characters with secret families. But yeah. it was Akbar's <laughs> descendant. And I found that like cool, but weird at the same time. Yeah. They made it a point to somewhere in the, in the course of the movie, someone refers to them as junior. Mm. Oh, really? And then, yeah. And then when you look at the credits, it's Akbar junior. Oh, so it's the same first name too as Admiral Ackbar. I think. Okay. <laughs> Admiral. 
yeah, I don't know Admiral Akbar's first name. Um, I know a lot about Star Wars, but that's actually something I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think it begins with an A, though. I think it is like Admiral A something Akbar, but I don't. Yeah. Um, other bullet points. Let me pull it up again and see if there's any we have not recovered. All right, well, you're looking. Uh, Paul, is there anything you want to discuss that we haven't I, touched on yet? I had no bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, were you said you might have some questions. Did we answer your questions, or do you still have questions and confusion? I think my confusion just stems from, like, what the intention was supposed to be. And we kind of did talk about, like, the fluidity of the three movies. Like, yeah. uh, you know, was there really intentions of throwing The Last Jedi under the bus? Or, like... Did they were they confusing us and you know and JJ and Ryan had these conversations and knew that they were going to be throwing us off like was there really that intention of like undoing everything like and that's where it gets tricky because I feel like even I think I know we talked about it with the Last Jedi too whereas the Last Jedi seemed like it throwed shade at certain things that the Force Awakens set up mm-hmm. and now JJ had the opportunity to do the same thing and it seems like he did it right back and but you know and these people are. This isn't like a rap battle. It's you right, know. <laughs> and they they're supposed to be playing nice together. Yeah, and when they are asked in interviews, not as directly, but like you know, oh, you know, how do you feel about what Ryan Johnson did? This isn't. They're not. They're trying to egg them on to see what they're going to say, and everyone's okay. very PC and talks very friendly about each other in public. But what happens behind closed doors? You, we have no idea. I think right. you'll get your answer to that whole thing when. Ryan Johnson either does or does not make a trilogy. I yeah, hope he does. I, I really, I really hope he to. does. If he his, does... His cinematic style is amazing. Well, if he does, I would say that he was in on the jokes that were thrown his way and fairly okay with it in this movie. If he doesn't, I would say he either took offense or they really believe they can't make money off another Ryan Johnson Star Wars, and which is why they de- decided to poke fun at it. Yeah. One way or another, you're getting your answer, I think, in whether or not he gets to make a trilogy. And I felt for him, too, because even once this movie started coming out, he started getting berated again on Twitter. I seen a lot of people coming to his defense. And then even like up through a week after the movie, um, thank you, Ryan Johnson, I think, was trending on Twitter. A lot of yeah. people speaking up for the movie and trying to defend it, which <coughs> I know he saw because he made a comment of it. Um. And I know there were people defending this movie also because I think Rise of Skywalker was getting shit on too from certain sects of the internet culture. Um, so I, I saw Thank You, Ryan Johnson, and Thank You, J.J. Abrams were both trending at one point. I felt like Thank You, J.J. Abrams was more in response to the Thank You, Ryan Johnson thing. Oh, yeah, thing. for sure. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of the people saying Thank You, J.J. Abrams were like for canceling Ryan Johnson, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah, so all, I, all for the wrong reasons. But Yeah, I'll come down on this side of it. If you're out there spewing hate towards a director, you're wrong. I don't care which director it's towards. I think Ryan, I think Ryan Johnson did an excellent job. I think J.J. Abrams did a great job with Force Awakens and a very poor job with this movie. But I'm not going to direct hate towards him over it. It's the same sort of thing that comes up anytime with this stuff goes on. They made something. Like it. Don't like it. Spend your money on it. Don't spend your money on it. Let that be what it is. Speak your opinion. But if you're directing hate, you're wrong, period. Yep. Preach it. There was a lot of upheaval in the Raylo community, which I'm a proud part of. (laughs) (laughs) Upheave all you want, be disappointed Uh, or excited all you want. But hating the person is wrong. Hate the story, don't hate the person. 
I think they were just upset at the direction that it took. And, you know, with these people being so invested in the story, and I'm one of them as well, it really, you know, we take it personally. We have an investment in these people. So, you know, the fact that it actually ended the way it did made a lot of people in the community upset. So how did you well, How would you prefer? Well, one, I was thinking, too, just to add to that, how would you have what since they sort of gave you. I again, I think that a lot, a lot of this movie played it safe. So I think I, they played it safe with that. Is that they gave you a little bit of what you wanted, and then mm-hmm. immediately said, "Well, we can't go that way." So this is how we're going to end it. Would right. you have rather them done it not at all, and you never get that kiss in that moment? No, I would have rather it had it ended the way it did. Okay. Yeah. So that's I why can't, I, I mean, I really want all of it. I want right. I want the kiss, and then I want them, you know, flying off to act two to. Because you know? I'm convinced that that second part was never in the cards. That was never going to no. happen. So either yeah. you either get this little bit or you get none of it. And th- this is for a lot of the reasons we explained before. There has to be consequences to what Kylo did. What he did as Kylo Ren has consequences. Him as Ben is yes. great, but there has to be consequences to it. My My argument being that why do the Skywalkers always have to get shit on? Like, everybody, like, dies. And it's so tragic. This is such a tragedy. The, the whole story had, like, is the struggle of the Skywalkers against Palpatine. That's the entire nine-movie arc. It's been exhausting. Can't we just well, like, have a happy ending and we write off got the a happy sunset ending. together? Like, the double sunset together. <laughs> I want it together. But why that's does it have to be together? Because that's going to make a lot more money than him dying. <laughs> Is it? It is. I promise you. I don't know. Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet's held up pretty well. <sighs> not a story I get into. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Not one of my favorites. I'm more much ado about nothing than I am Romeo and Juliet. Let me tell you. And so, I would argue that Romeo and Juliet has vastly outgained and outearned much ado about nothing. Well, I just would like to say, <laughs> on behalf of my Raylos. I'm not I'm not making an argument about quality here. I'm just stating in terms of you said making money and I'm just the sad story I tends to make that. more money. I would see it a hundred times, not just four <laughs> times, if I got the ending that I, I had hoped that, you know, would be a little bit happier for the Skywalkers. Like I feel like we were trying to brace family. you for this inevitability too, Paula. I like... understand that. And I <laughs> and I was ready to to take it either way, which is why I wanted to know what happened before I went to the movies, which I did find out. I told you yeah. right away you were getting a little bit of what you wanted, uh, yeah. but not the whole thing. Listen, I went the whole thing. I went all <laughs> well, the rainbows and butterflies. Let, let, can I? I want to play a hypothetical for you, in which the way that I would have preferred this entire series go. I know where you're at. I know you want to see them go into the sunset. Um, one thing I'll say is you could get that with a different story entirely, where instead of being evil the whole time and then turning to the light, the story would work for me if Ben is struggling to stay to the light. So he gets Anakin's story in the prequel trilogy, but he chooses the light at the end instead of the dark. That, for me, works. A story where he starts evil, stays evil, stays evil, and then says at the end, I shouldn't have done that. I don't think you get the happy ending for, for that character. I think he struggles with the light quite a bit. I think he struggles. I mean, he doesn't struggle with it enough. And, and, and that's don't my point. show us enough of him struggling with it. But I, you Yeah, know. I mean, I was, I was convinced in The Last Jedi his decision was made. He is bad to the bone and he's never coming back. Right. He, he 
delves so far into hate. He lets himself devolve into the hate. And that's where I say, like, you're not going to get that ending with that character because they let him go too far into the hate. Sure, there is good in him. We all knew there was good in him, but the hate was controlling him, which means he doesn't get a happy ending. It doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't get redeemed, but he doesn't get the happy ending. That character can't get a happy ending. There has to be consequences. Now, I've said that. Let me flip the script a little bit on how this trilogy could have gone. Um, and it requires certain elements to be changed. Take this movie, Rise of Skywalker. Make it part two. Make last uh, The Last Jedi part three. Okay. Now, again, some things have to be changed. Ben doesn't die at the end of Rise of Skywalker. He survives, kills Palpatine, and takes over the Final Order, which is instead the enemy that we're seeing in, in Last Jedi instead of the First Order. The final battle is instead that throne room battle with Snoke. Okay, so Snoke's already dead. We kill him off in the Rise of Skywalker to make room for Palpatine, whatever. But that throne room battle they have takes place. That's where Rey wins out the day. Um, I think, again, it requires a lot of things to change. But I think you could invert those two movies and have a more cohesive story. I think the other way they could have played it, too. if they if they, Because the one line of dialogue, I think Paula mentioned it earlier, that Palpatine gives Ben is that he's been in his head his whole time. Oh, yeah. That's something that I would have bought had they set that up through all these movies. Is that yeah, we never talking hear on shoulder like the like, voice in his head in any other movie. Even just even if it's Palpatine's voice, whoever's voice it is, but somehow allude to the fact that it's he's getting instructions from somewhere other than himself. But didn't we know that in The Force Awakens? Like I didn't or know the that. last Jedi? I didn't get Leia that. Leia says it. Leia says like he's been in Snoke's been in his head. I see. I guess I always I think, interpret that as like teaching him, not literally telling him what to do. Yeah, I feel like she meant that Snoke turned him. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. It was still Ben's drive. Like this is, I still got it as this is what Ben wants, not so, this is what someone is telling him to want. But right, Snoke the, the, has to get to him somehow, and it's just through his mind. He's not like visiting Ben. He's. But was this? Th- see, that's not clear enough. We don't know that. Yeah. For all we know, Ben is leaving the temple where he's being trained and going off on weekend excursions to hang out with Snoke and learn from the dark side and then come back to school during the week and try to be a good student. But we do know because he says, I've been every voice inside your head. Yeah, but Which we, we don't only find out about know what now. those like voices the, said or when they said them. Again, more cohesion with the story. Had they sprinkled that in in the other stories, I could have bought a little bit more of that when it when it's revealed. Now they just drop a bomb and they just keep moving. And it's it's not enough for me to absorb that, I guess. I don't know. That's okay. that's me. Well, so I I don't know. Like I I have a lot of trouble with where everything went and how we get there. If there's going to be a different ending, but I also have trouble with how things turned out. I, I don't know. Like I don't. Again, I don't have trouble with how it ended. I just, I struggle with the wanting to know more about what the fuck you're explaining and how we're getting there. Yeah, I agree. 
So like, oh, uh, there, there's just so many things. I'm trying to think of like a good, good example to me is like the entire bit with three PO can be cut from the movie, and other things can be put in. See, I almost feel like 3PO needed that much screen time because, again, this is the conclusion, end of an era. He's one of the few remaining original trilogy characters that are still in the series. He, he has who has had nothing to do with the last two movies, so they gave him some meaty stuff. I'm fine with that. I like that. I am fine with him getting meaty stuff, but I would have preferred it... Like, I would have preferred his the meat of what he gets to do be used to help further other things that needed explained. Let him be a part of it. Let him play a major part in discovering information about Palpatine and, like, as opposed to just discovering information about how to find Palpatine, have, I don't know. Like, there's just so many things I could do. I, I Like, I would, I want more meat on the bones of this story. And I feel like they could have used that Sith translation storyline time to do other things. Okay. Because I feel like it's, you know, I mean, it was a side journey that I liked. Like, don't get me wrong, I feel like it's it's a it's a fun side journey, but it wasn't what the story needed at that time. If we didn't have that storyline, there would be no Babu Frick. They could have put him in somewhere else too. Like these are characters yeah. that could be He's somewhere a droid else. Mind wiper or something. He's a droid. He didn't track. have to be that. <laughs> he can he can be whatever he wants as long as he's in the movie. Bobby <laughs> Frick is one of my like. No, he is the my favorite character out of this movie, hands down. I, I mean, I can hear him just like chime just favorite in character to, in this entire movie. All right, no, yeah, new character, new character. Okay. Out of all the new characters we got. I could just hear him interrupt people's conversations and go, hey, hey, the whole time. I would love it. I don't care. Well, I like that sometimes he needs translated and other times he doesn't. Like some yeah, of the things he says, care. like Creepio's explaining like, oh, he just said this or Zori's explaining it. And she speaks in some other language to him. And then some of it you can understand like, oh, droid, droid go, mine, go blank. Yeah. Blank, blank, blank. <laughs> like you get what he's saying sometimes and it's just gibberish other times. It's like, oh, <laughs> Droid is ready. Yeah, like, um, uh, he's my favorite. That was, he's definitely fun. And among new characters, yeah, I would agree. Um, so this something I was going to touch on earlier, and then I think we got lost track. I want to spin back around to it. So one thought that occurred to me, and just to get your thoughts, what you guys think? Uh, bringing the Emperor back now in this movie, do you think or feel that it takes away from Anakin's story? The Emperor was such a big part of Anakin Skywalker turning and then Anakin Skywalker's redemption. And I feel like the Emperor should have been dead and done with Anakin's story. And to bring him back, it, it like I don't know if it, if it changes the prophecy, if somehow the prophecy still applies to Anakin, if we're led to believe now that the prophecy of bring balance to the Force somehow now applies to Rey. A prophecy misread could have been. So that is Yoda's just, actual everything's, right. So just everything's open to interpretation. Where do you guys fall? Like, wh what do you think? Maybe what the Skywalkers were meant to bring balance as opposed to a specific person. Maybe I just a feel bloodline like is what it referred to. The very first, you know, thing that we learn in 
The Force Awakens is I will finish what you started, Grandfather. So I feel like all along it's been Ben's arc to defeat the Emperor, which he really didn't. It was Ray. Well, <laughs> um, on that note, I would say I'm not sure about it negating Anakin's storyline. Maybe a little bit, but I don't. I don't feel like it tarnishes what Anakin did in any way. Personally, I didn't feel that way. Um, what I do feel is that I guess this plays back into like the story cohesion with the Emperor and him coming back now at this point in the story. It, it, they could have just brought him back and like wiped Snoke from existence. Like not never well, had that was the Snoke argument. It's like all. Snoke was basically their like a replacement for the Emperor, or he was being set up that way, and then dispatch him quickly. But then it's like, well, we kind of need that archetype, so let's just bring back the original, bring back the OG, right? And, and which that's we were all that we just, Which, yeah, we at the time, all, like, Paula, when we were amazing. there and, and saw the trailer for the first time, and the voice yeah. comes over, you get so excited just for yeah. the nostalgia of it. But the more you think about how is he going to fit, and what does this take away from? I don't know. I guess you just start to question it. Yeah. And that's when we all I started agree. to think, well, what kind of role is, you know, Anakin going to have in this movie? Zero. Yeah, I expected a lot more Hayden Christensen, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot more. We got, what, half a line? He says a, he says a couple lines, but yes, I still it's expected, still... at least the very least, to see him. I, I thought mm-hmm. we were going to see Anakin in this movie. And, yeah. and to me, that's how they could have wrapped up what you were getting at, is that maybe we don't have all the Jedi you know, like helping Ray at the end, but perhaps the Skywalker line comes back. Luke, Leia, uh, and yeah. Anakin to help her defeat the Emperor. Yeah. Um, that, to uh, me, would have resolved Anakin's, the conflict you're talking about in a more acceptable way. Yeah, okay. Um... Do you guys have anything else? You, I have like maybe some bullet pointy things we can try to touch on and see where they go. I don't sure. want to get too bogged down because I feel like we've been talking for a very long time. So I don't want to end up with a four hour episode, but I feel like that's where we're leaning. So um, try to. I can take another look, but you, you can go ahead. I don't think I have any other bullet points to mention that I have. Um, all right. So thoughts on the Knights of Ren because we finally uh. get them a little bit featured more in this movie. They did absolutely fucking nothing. So I, I'm disappointed in that is that they seem to be set up in Force Awakens as some sort of badass thing. They're nowhere to be seen in The Last Jedi, which, fi- which again, if you want to go back to the digs, could be a dig from Ryan Johnson against J.J. is like, here's this thing you set up that I don't really give a shit about, so they're not going to be in the movie. So then the first thing Ren does in this movie is bring them back around because, you know, we have to make them seem important, but they don't do anything. They're there strictly to have a fight scene with Ben later, and that's it. Yeah. I expected more from um, there. I wanted to hear a little bit more about whether... Like, are we... I always assumed they were failed students from Luke's Jedi Temple that yes. Ben took with him. Is that where we're handful, at with those? Yeah, he well, took a handful of students with him. So I, why did not, I don't know why they don't have lightsabers then if they're Jedi. Yeah, they're, or, they're not. You know, dark and, side and force users. I think, well, here's the thing. There is a comic book line that is going to answer this for us. I know that they have teased this and it did just start. Like the first issue is the only one out right now that they said is yeah. going to explore Kylo and the Knights more thoroughly. But you set up this awesome thing in The Force Awakens, and I think this is a failure of the entire trilogy. You know, this Knights of Ren, where we get no 
big thing for them anywhere. No explanation, no nothing, just, oh, they were here, they showed up, they stood there, they stood there, they stood there, and then Ben wiped them all out with a lightsaber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like we didn't even get anything whenever they captured Chewie. It was just like, they kind of looked over the... Yeah, yeah they saw him and, and then like, they caught oh, him. there's Chewie. They got you. Yeah, it... it, it... <laughs> Again, I feel like that's a major failure of this trilogy is that they set this up and they did nothing real with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if they chose not to set it up at all, we wouldn't notice it's missing. And that's how you know it's yeah. something that was a failure. So I'm not pinning that on just J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson. They both screwed that up. They both mishandled yeah. that. So. Well, I, I can understand Ryan Johnson. Like, they're, they're not a focus of the movie, so Ryan Johnson just said, you know what? We don't need them. Cut them out. Well, which is exactly what this movie should have done. They are not important. Get rid of them. I feel like in the flashbacks to what happened with Luke and Ben in The Last Jedi, there could have been something more and maybe Ben seeing a flashback as well as just recounting. Ben could have seen a flashback at some point of what happened after that. Well, again, that's not the focus. The story is the what happens between Ben and Luke. It doesn't matter what happens to the Knights of Ren in that moment. But it doesn't have so to matter in that moment. Give you... But what happens with Ben after, like, so we get, like, okay, this happened between Luke and Ben. We get, like, nothing in between that and Kylo Ren. We get, like, there's there's no meat for us on any bones in there. And that could have been something along the way that just gets told. As part of his story to becoming Kylo Ren... Or, like he doesn't just immediately become Kylo Ren the moment that Luke tries to kill him. That's when he decides to leave Luke. And perhaps when he becomes weak enough to be taken over to the dark side. I don't know. I feel like they're one and the same. The moment that he leaves Luke and the moment he becomes Kylo Ren, I think is one and the same. Oh, I don't like think so. Kylo Ren is born in that moment. Right. Exactly. The I same feel like way the that Kylo Ren suddenly dies here when Did Ben, yeah, when Ben gets Kylo yeah. Ren. Well, yeah, but create and actually become are two different things. Like, the moment that, I mean, the path to becoming Kylo Ren is created is different than the moment that he puts on the mask and becomes Kylo Ren. The way Luke spins it in that moment is that basically Ben's decision's already made up. Like, he's going to go that way. That was just the icing on the cake, the tipping point to make him go there. I mean, yeah, but it's, I don't know, like, his journey to the dark side, I don't think, if it's either before that, tell us what happened before that. Was he forming the Knights of Ren? Was Snoke talking to him? Or did Snoke wait until after Luke betrayed him? No, because Luke even says in that moment, Snoke was already in his head. Right. So if and corrupted his mind and stuff like that. So then, what ha- what was going on? We could have had that something more. Is what I'm saying. That 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 is something that I say. Like the trilogy itself could have done more for us. At some point in this trilogy, we could have got that formation. Yeah, because I guess in- even even just in our discussions, we're all filling in the blanks separately in our own mind. What we think works and what doesn't. There's nothing explicitly telling us this is how it happened. Right. And and I'm just saying for something like that that is so one they look cool as shit. <laughs> like the Knights of Ren look very cool. They have the whole, like, Boba Fett in the original trilogy thing going on. Stand yeah. there, look cool, and we don't get enough of you actually doing things. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I do want to mention too. I think the there's a, I guess probably just one of my favorite moments in the movie. But there's a there's a moment when Ben is fighting the knights. And it took me maybe a second, like the first time I saw it, I'm like, what the, why are you dwelling on this and what could this mean? And I sort of explained it to myself after the second viewing. There's a moment where he gets, he's got the lightsaber, he's taking them all out and he goes behind his back, puts the lightsaber up and sits there for a second. And the camera sits on him. And then a couple seconds later, one of them swipes the lightsaber and he deflects it. And then he like takes a breath and then turns around and goes again. And I'm like, why would you, why did you take that second to dwell on that shot? And to me, and this is why it seems cool to me is that, He's now redeemed, and let's say you know he's been tapping into the dark side for so long, he doesn't know if the light side is going to carry him. And once he gets that saber, he's tapping into the light side, and he's not sure if it's going to work. The light side of the force is telling him, block here, and nothing happens for that split second, and he's not sure if it's going to work. And then it happens, and he breathes that sigh of relief, like, okay, I'm good. I got this. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I agree so, with your that assessment, but cool I had not actually, like, I noticed what you're talking about. Both times mm-hmm. I watched the film, it's very noticeable that he does it. And yeah. I had not put anything together like that until you just said it. So. That's how I'm playing it in my mind. I accept that mm-hmm. version of it okay. because it, nothing else makes sense to me. I can't think of anything, yeah. any other explanation as to why it would play that way. Um, Right before that, you also get, like, I feel like there's a point at which like they when he first gets the lightsaber and he gives them that look of like yeah I have a lightsaber <laughs> that's just like it's magic bitch like- <laughs> yeah I feel like that's exactly what it is is like they're like yeah we can teleport Let's stuff with this. the force now mm-hmm. it's a thing Um, I still don't like it but I like the moment of him shrugging at them yes like I don't yeah. like the teleportation the logic- but the, the moment works the logic gap that has to happen for the way to transport things in the Force that way, whatever. But well, they set the, that up in cool the Last moment. Jedi. But I uh, yeah, I a little the bit. breadcrumbs are there, and this movie really hammers at home that they're gonna they're gonna lead to that type of thing. Right, the mm-hmm. way that they're interacting with each other over their Force timing and stuff throughout the movie, every it amp- amplifies every time they talk that something else is happening to the world around them. Right, and, and I would say like I don't, I, I still don't like it. Just because, like, I feel like they didn't have control over it in The Last Jedi. And it was something that just kind of happened or could happen in those moments. Because it's just water. You know what I mean? That we get in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And it just Give happened. Because I'm eating it up. <laughs> Tasty force time. Well, then, yeah, I think more than like more. The Last Jedi sets up, you can't do that without killing yourself because it takes a long, a very large effort in the Force. So if a year has passed now, are we led to believe that they both gained some power in the Force to the point where they can do it without dying? Because I mean, if Snoke was the one doing it to them before. Yeah, that I had a problem with too. Um, why Why are they suddenly able to do, the, do it on their own now? I think maybe it, he, he probably opened a channel that he may have sensed that they were connected, opened that channel, and now it's a floodgate. And I was going to say, maybe I'll answer my own question. It's the whole, like, dyad in the Force thing that this movie sets up, which, mm-hmm. again, is a thing that came out of nowhere for me. They introduced this other Force concept that I've never heard of, and they... It happens the same time you get the reveal of her being a Palpatine. They mentioned this dyad in the Force and how they're connected. And in the first time I saw it, I'm so trying to wrap my head around, wait, she's a Palpatine, that I completely missed the dyad explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
but yeah, if they are if they are that powerful and their their, their parentage connection. and lineage is yeah is significant somehow, you could explain it away that that's how they're able to do it on their own. But yeah, even I... Snoke explains it that like you know as he was gaining power, his equal in the light would be gaining that power as well. So we right. knew that they were going to be equals, but we didn't know that they were going to be connected that way. So I was I was pleasantly surprised that they were connected, and I I, I like that I like that storyline. Yeah. Yeah, that one's it's growing on me and that I know what it is and what they're trying to do, but mm-hmm. at the time I was like, what the fuck? What Yeah, I, I feel like Just they so may have intended comes for out them to be a dyad in the force throughout this entire trilogy. But I don't think that I am I don't know. Like I feel like I I, I have to watch it again and see the actual dialogue again and again. But I feel like Snoke at one point does explain a way that she's able to heal him and he's able to heal her and whatnot, all that, because they're a dyad. I feel like part of what he says when he's talking about it to them is that that's why it works. Yeah. But she's also able to heal a serpent and Baby Yoda is able to heal people. And so what, like, I don't know. Like, that's where I'm, Uh, like, confused on just what the hell is going on. I mean, there's so much yeah. of the force that we don't know. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I when mean, you're going to give us a limit, basically. And see, it shouldn't be though. I yeah. feel like there should be a limit. <laughs> they're, they're, like it's the reason Superman has kryptonite. You yeah. cannot have an all powerful being that does whatever the hell they want. There has to be some sort of ceiling to what they can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I feel like the extents we see go here that it can be explained off as not occurring for other Jedi because they're not a dyad. Okay, maybe Jay, um Ray loses a lot of her abilities and power and strength with the Force when Ben dies and she's not as powerful as she was because he's not there to be a part of her. Mm, okay, um, yeah, I could buy that. You know, maybe that plays in going Sorry, forward. Paula. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but she, she was kind of using his moves too. Like he had, she had his like lightsaber moves down as well. There was parallels whenever she was using it. Was it in the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi? Like when they out? No, it was in the Last Jedi. You're talking about like when they're back to back. Or are you talking about a different moment? <clears throat> I feel like I read an article about like how her moves were very um like when it oh, when they connected in The Force Awakens, when their minds connected, like she transferred some information from his mind to her mind, and that's why her lightsaber moves were very much like his. Um when they had that. Why first is everybody connection. picking out lightsaber fighting styles as being a, some sort of connection to people? I that because, that part yeah, seems like I a lot. Because she didn't have any lightsaber training, and all of a sudden she fights like him. I'm going to find the article. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that assumption is quite a stretch. Um, Like, I feel like they're reaching to somehow explain how she has lightsaber skills in that. But... See, I think her just her fighting style. Like you're, you, you've that movie establishes she can handle herself with a staff. So if you just put another weapon in her hand, that's another half a stick. Yeah. Which she's using a full stick the whole time. That I think she can handle herself good enough. Kylo, I always <coughs> make the argument in Force Awakens that he's had no one equal to fight against. 
Like, Finn takes up a lightsaber, and he's toying with Finn the entire time. Finn is of no consequence to him. It's not until Finn gets a hit in that he's like, all right, I gotta take this guy seriously, and then he takes him out. Yeah, like, right after Finn gets a hit in, he's like, oh, no, that's enough. Yeah, and I think with Rey, he just completely underestimates her, and by the time he realizes that she's a problem, it's too late. She's defeated him, and they move on. Yeah, like, he thinks he has her beat in the moment where she closes her eyes and opens them back up, and the Force theme plays and everything yeah yeah he thinks he has her beat at that point and then she taps into the force Mm -hmm. which she hadn't done in the fight before so that's the first time in the fight that she actually tries to think like holy shit maybe i can use the force to lightsaber fight and when she does he's not prepared and he gets injured because of it um it's just that's the dark side hubris where they they don't think they can be hurt and they are above yeah uh, consequence. I, I but uh, any, anyway, that's how I explain it to myself. Okay. <laughs> Whether or not I'm right, that's that's my justification. Yeah, I mean, in in a lot of ways, I feel like this movie comes so close on so many things to being what I wanted it to be, uh, in, in really ending things with the bang that it wanted to do, and I feel like. Like I said before, I just feel like it was sloppy. Um, and that, for me, really detracted away from a lot of it. It's not necessarily the story. Um, yeah, the, I have issues with the Force powers. Yeah, I have issues with some of the things they didn't uh, necessarily follow up on. Um, some decisions that were made. But, I like, I, I just keep coming back to the word sloppy. And... I felt like there there was a lot of stuff uh, in The Last Jedi that when it, when I saw it the first couple times, the decisions that were – like whenever the, the twists happened in that movie, I remember not really liking or feeling like I was on board with those twists at, the, at first. And eventually I came to terms with it, and now I really appreciate the risks and stuff that that movie took. And with this movie, I, I kind of had the same feeling with whenever these reveals or twists happen that I don't – feel like I agree with them and how they work and I'm hoping I come around to this movie more after some separation from it um I mean, I've come up a little bit but I still I'm, I'm hoping I feel a little bit better of it after you know so you know, by the time it hits home video or something that maybe I'll feel a little bit better about it you went well, you got served a piece of filet mignon with the last Jedi you went back to that same restaurant and uh they had a chuck steak for you this time and <laughs> were our expectations too high I think yeah, I mean, but as much as I try not to, I just think that's inherent. It inherently happens with me with something I'm looking forward to a lot, Star Wars especially. So my comparison is going to remain the same. We had two amazing sagas come to a close this year. In, you know, this first huge, I'm going to call it like, I don't know what to call phase one through three of the MCU as a whole. But we'll just call it the MCU's... The Infinity Saga. The Infinity Saga comes to a close. And the Skywalker Saga comes to a close. And Endgame knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah. And I feel like that set my expectations very high for this. To where I wanted this to do for Star Wars what Endgame did for the MCU. And it didn't. Not for me, at to least. Compare, yeah, I think to compare the two... For me, I remember going into Endgame the first time. I was crying. I was laughing. I was having emotional breakdowns during that movie. 
Mm-hmm. I think I shed one tear in this movie, which is, and I, I, and I rolled my eyes at a couple of the parts. The reveal of Palpatine being her god, you know, grandfather or whatever, that was a roll the eye moment for me. Like, come on, I expected better from you, and you gave me this. Um, I think the only the part that shed a tear for me, which is still one of my favorite mo- moments of the movie, is when Luke lifts the X-Wing to Yoda's theme. That will get me every time I've seen this movie. See, that didn't get me at all. I was rolling my eyes through that. Yeah, see, that part got me. I um, like that part a lot. The the only... I, I, I feel the same way. There was one thing that choked me up in the entire movie, and that was when Chewie got the medal. That's yeah, the only same. time in the movie I choked up. That was <laughs> that like... got me. He deserves it. Fuck. And then, of course, because Peter's not here to see that, you know, that, that hit that much harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but... I, and Paula, I, I swear, we're not trying to shit on this movie for you, because I know you like it. It's okay. I'm, Everyone's I'm not entitled not... to their opinion. It's absolutely yeah, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be forgiving. No, it's okay. Um, I don't think that things that bother me about it is enough to turn me off to it. I just yeah. think that it's... If I'm patient enough, things will be explained to me and I'm not going to nitpick on it to the point where I'm not going to enjoy myself with it because I love Star Wars. So um, I'm, you know, wouldn't mind seeing it a fourth time, a fifth time, just because it's it's a fun adventure. I had fun watching it. The three hour, you know, the two and a half hours that I was there, not including the previews, was a great time. (laughs) Um, Would I have liked it to end differently? Absolutely. So, you know. I would love a little bit more closure, but that's what I got fan fiction for, which I highly yeah. recommend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so much. Uh, one character I think we didn't talk about that I kind of just want to touch on is General Hux. I kind of wanted more from him, too. I think they finally Agreed. gave him something interesting to do, and then yeah. they wiped him off the board. Because I looked at you, and I'm like, oh, it's like uh, Fulcrum again. It's like yeah. we're getting... It's hot callus. Hot callus. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And then they shoot him. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, this you know, I feel like his motivations were different than callus, though. Callus yeah. was legitimately oh, sure. yeah. behind the rebellion. Whereas, yeah, we get Hux here and he's like, I don't give a damn about you. <laughs> I just hate Kylo Ren. Yeah. So, and I that felt like they made sense for the character. Yeah. And I also felt like they. Since Hux's sort of personality and the tone for him changes every single movie, it's like I think that he was built up to be what General Pride was in this movie, and then like Last Jedi kind of cut him down a little bit, and this movie kind of cut him down a little bit more. Can we can we talk about General Pride for just a moment when you're done there? Go ahead. Sorry, I just well, I'm just thinking in my mind, Hux should have been like I feel like there's too many characters there. Pride should have been Hux. Like there, I feel like there's no reason for Pride there. I feel like Pride was there because. Hux was turned into a bit of a clown in The Last Jedi. Right, and that's that's what I mean. I I was hoping to see Hux in a role that Pride had. And yeah. To, in my mind, Pride really didn't do anything other than just be the authoritative general, which I was hoping they would have brought Hux back around in this movie for that role. The thing I wanted to mention about Pride is, can we talk about how much that guy is basically Werner Herzog, but not? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, there was actually a moment at first like I don't know that actor very well I've seen him in other things but I don't know him by name that well but there was a moment where we had just seen the episode of the Mandalorian that came out the day before 
where, you know, spoilers, I'm not going to get into what happens there, but we know something happens there, and I'm like, wait a second, I thought you shouldn't be here. And then I'm like, <laughs> wait, it's not the same guy. I had that brief moment for like 10 seconds when he first showed up in this movie where his voice sounds exactly the fucking same. And he's like... Not to mention, it's like, it takes place further along in the timeline since somehow he got younger. Yeah, like, all this is going through my head. I'm like, wait a <laughs> second. What the hell is going on here? And, you know, like, there's that whole thing of we knew they released, you know, th that episode of The Mandalorian. Now we know why they released it before this movie. I still don't necessarily yeah. understand the decision, but it's there. Yeah. Um. To, I, I think that was, like, to kind of temper the reaction to force healing mm -hmm. is the way yeah, I took it. I think so. But at the time we didn't know that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why else would they have done this? You know? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why? And he's just so similar. It, it threw me for a bit of a loop for a moment in the movie. And I feel like there's a moment there with him too, is like after he kills Hux and uh, no, sorry. It's after um, Relaya talks to Ben uh Ray stabs him and then like Ben kind of turns and stuff like that. They cut to hologram of the emperor talking about how the princess disrupted his plans. Pride is there kneeling in front of the emperor. Yeah. And they, I think they finally drop pride's name and the music swells. Like you're supposed to know who this guy is. Like it's a big reveal. And I'm like, who? Wait a, I, yeah. it fell flat. Like who, who are you? <laughs> I tried to look on Wikipedia to see if this guy shows up anywhere else, and the only entry is from this movie. Yeah. So why does that seem like it's a reveal? I don't understand. Yeah, and that to me was like... I think I that's where I started more, questioning it. More but, of a reveal because it was... We find out that he's been with him all along. Like, he has a secret general in his pocket or something like that. Working. Okay. I guess okay. it just. Yeah, that, I guess that's still confusing. I, I don't mind them killing Hux where they did, personally, because if he's still around and he manages to pull off the ruse of I'm not the spy, he kind of throws a real wrench into a lot of the things that would happen if he's still there. Like, if they have him there and they find some way to communicate to him, like, we need that tower taken down. There's no point for Finn and all them to go do what they do. He can just do it. And, like, there's a lot of things that he would really screw up what they had planned if he's alive. I, don't know, I feel like you could still spin it where, like, he opens a door to get them inside to shut something down. So the fight that they have instead of outside on the surface of the Star Destroyer could be inside the bowels of the ship. Okay. You'd still have the problem of they got to blow it up and they still got to get out. So there's still that. Yeah. But in my mind, I, I, I didn't want Hux to be to turn at all. I don't want him to be the spy. I wanted him to be the badass general for the first order. Well, who's ordering people around. And uh, like, for me, there was no reveal moment. Um, and the, the reason for this is who the fuck else would be the spy? Nope, oh, nobody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is the spy because we have no character development for anybody else within the empire. Yeah. Oh, well, first order. Um, so it's Phasma. Bring Phasma back. She's the spy. I, you know what? That would have been a better moment for me than Hux. <laughs> if like Phasma was there and was like, she's still in the trash compactor. <laughs> whatever, it, like whatever, wherever she fell off to, 
she made it out and she's all scarred up and everything, but she's there. Something. I don't know. That that would have been a better moment to me. And it also makes me sad now that we think about that, that Phasma's end was Really the end. Really the end. Um Yeah, I didn't think she was coming back. I didn't think she was either. I'm just still sad we didn't get more of her doing stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In, in the two Add her to the list there. of characters that gets shortchanged. Yeah. Which is also another thing to make a note that this trilogy kind of did is it had too many characters that needed more to them. Like, there needed to be more to a lot of these characters where if they had focused more on less characters, they could have told a better story. All around. I agree. I wanted, I actually wanted more Maz in this one too. Mm -hmm. She didn't have anything to do here. That, like, she just had some thoughtful looks. And they made her a puppet this time. And like animatronic or something, she's not CG, and she feels so stiff and weird in this movie compared to the other movies she's in. Yeah. It just, like I said, it just, like, there's, I would have been fine with them, like, in this instance, I was actually okay with Maz's presence. Whereas in The Last Jedi, I hated it. I hate that they call Maz about it. Um... Well, at least she's sort of doing something. Like, she's in the thick of whatever's going on on her end. Here, she's just literally standing around and saying lines, and that's it. Yeah, but I feel like she's in the thick of it just so that she can't be the one that helps. Like, it's just like, oh, there's this random thing that I'm dealing with, and I can't actually be that much help because this is going on, so I'm just going to tell you about this and go off and figure it out. I I don't know. I like her as a more... I don't know. Like, the tame character. the Not tame, but like... I feel like she's Soulful important enough to have a leadership role in the resistance. Like, I, if she's at the base with them, I expected her to be, like, barking out orders or something, not just standing there talking to the camera, and that's it. Well, we don't know what else she's doing. We don't really see what's going on there at the base very much. Right, but, the, like, even if she is, like, just show me some lines of dialogue or something, her interacting in with the someone background. other than just talking to the camera. It, yeah, even that. Yeah, like, like she could be organizing things in the background somewhere while other shit's going on, and it'd be fine. She just um, she doesn't move. She just seems like she stands in one spot and says a line and then cuts away to somebody else and that's it. Yeah, th- there's again I feel like, you know, I mean we like Paulo saying we could nitpick about a lot of things. And when I you know, nitpick, I feel, you get that's really what I'm definitely what I'm doing. It. But I feel like the major criticism here comes back to what it, what I said, like less characters, more focus on those characters would yeah. have been better. Um, but then which ones do you focus on? Like, you can't focus on... Ray, Finn, Poe, I mean, Luke, there's a Leia, lot of Kylo, fantastic... Palpatine, yeah. and Snoke. That's your there's focus. There's a lot of fantastic... But then people are like, well, then where's this person? And where's this person? Where's this person? They I wouldn't feel like be like, where's those people? Because they wouldn't have so existed. We could have told the stories and not... You, you understand? We could have got the more in-depth connection to the main characters without... Like, no offense to... Like, I love Rose as a character. Mm-hmm. But we could have taking the time we get with Rose, the time we get with Zori, the time we get with all, like, go on down the line, several of them we could have had more meat on the bones for other characters without trying to include like, so many characters. One movie to do all that in. Like, we no, have no, no, so I'm talking for the whole people. trilogy here. I'm not talking just this movie. Like, the whole trilogy to me, you could have had less characters that got as much screen time as they did. And more focus on the main characters. 
Like, I would be interested personally. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would in- be interested to look at percentages, maybe not total screen time because the movies are shorter in the original trilogy. But look at the screen time we get for Han, Leia, and Luke individually versus the screen time that you get for F- Finn, Ray, and Poe. And see maybe if there's some connection to be made there about why it I feel like it's the internet. That's gotta be somewhere. I'm sure it is. Like, like you I, said, I don't pull those numbers. I don't have them right now. I don't feel like just typing it all up and pulling them up at this moment. But I would be interested yeah. to see what that is. Um again, percentage wise, because these are longer movies. Yeah. But I would I would guess that Finn, Ray, and Poe all get less time than Luke, Han, and Leia. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, All right, well, let's so, try to wind down yeah. here because I don't, I don't think I have too much left to cover, and we're like I said, we're pushing three, three and a half hours here already. Yeah. Um. Uh, on the record, do you think we'll get episodes ten, eleven, and twelve, or do you think this is it? Um, I have actually seen a article about Kathleen Kennedy talking about whatever main story they do next, whether it's continuing the storyline or not, will be episode ten will be episode X. So okay. even if it's not attached to these characters, episode X is going to happen. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd put money on them taking a break for a little bit and coming back with 10, 11, 12. Yeah. We, whatever, when that happens, I'd, I don't know. But when they tell another main storyline, they're, they're starting with 10. They're going to I'd love to see this be another generational thing, and it's like these characters then hand off to the next generation or something like that. Just mm-hmm. keep doing that every couple years. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, I I definitely do not want this to be the end of Ray and Poe and Finn and everybody like that. I want to see more from these characters in some fashion. Agreed. For sure. Yes. Um, let's try to end a little bit positively. Favorite moment. Talk about some <laughs> of your favorite shit. Um... I really enjoy the lightsabers, the battles with yes, Ray yeah. and Kylo and Ray and Ben and just on the Death Star with the the water and the in the background. It was just an amazing. Those scenes were just amazing to me, and I just love them. Um, I was thinking about the uh, the fight with Ben and the Knights of Ren, and then even Ray fighting like the Emperor's guards, and that mm-hmm. that same like parallel moment. Yes. Is that one of the complaints you get from the Last Jedi when they fight back to back? Is they're not using force powers against the guards, Snoke's oh. guards. So in these fights, they are throwing people around. They're force pushing people. They're pulling Flipping. people to them, slicing people up. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. They are using the force when they're fighting, which is cool to see. It was really cool. Yeah, that, that's something. I saw more of like Ray fighting this time, and the the third time that I saw it, I paid more attention to that. Um, cause I think I was so focused on him being redeemed and it was Ben Solo and I'm watching him <laughs> fighting that I wasn't really watching, like paying attention to what she was doing, but yeah, it was, that was pretty amazing. And She's then, throwing blaster bolts everywhere. Yeah. She's throwing people around in that fight. It's really cool. Yeah. But what I was going to say is I don't think in the entire trilogy we get, or not entire trilogy, entire saga that we ever get enough to sate my taste for watching Jedi or Sith just mow down through normal non-force-powered people. Yeah. We don't get enough of that because it's it really gives a showcase of what their powers can be. Like, to me, the one I always come back to think of is, like, the beginning of Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan first arrive on Grievous's ship and just lay waste to a pack of droids. 
I want to see more of that. And yeah, this yeah. gave us a bit of that here in the moment you're talking about. You know, Ray, like you said, deflecting the blaster bolts and like doing all that crazy shit. It was awesome. Um, Dude, the fight when they're the point where they're fighting on on the Death Star wreckage uh, uh, over the water and stuff when they're force stopping each other's lightsabers, mm-hmm. like that was a cool moment. I really like that too. That one, the, when it first happened, I said, uh, I don't know. But at the same time, I was like, okay, Kylo can stop a blaster bolt. Mm-hmm. Th- then I guess this is okay. You know what I mean? Like, if he can do that, I guess he can do this. All right. Yeah. I'll accept it. But at first, like, when it first happened, I was like, hmm, bullshit. <laughs> like, at that very yeah. first moment, I had that bullshit moment. But then it, I had that same moment when he stopped the blaster bolt and Force Awakens. <laughs> Don't get me. Yeah. If we're accepting that he I, can do I one, he can do the other. Um, yeah. In the fight on the Death Star, that was awesome. Um. I I, th- I think we one thing that we didn't talk about was Dark Ray. Um, I was just thinking that uh, like yeah. how she comes to the realization that um she has those moments where she's most afraid of herself, and that's what she tells Luke. And I think that's a powerful moment for her. Like yeah. she's finding out a lot about herself. I just wish that moment had been longer, and that she had to have a lightsaber battle with herself. Because one, the lightsaber that Dark Ray has is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and I just would have liked to seen it happening more than just like a. And what was with the teeth? I don't know. I got a very like mall. No, feel. because they go from normal to that. I got a very like Bilbo Baggins reaching. Yeah, for that's the, exactly the moment I was thinking the too. Ring. <laughs> um. It, it it definitely threw me off when the teeth appeared out of nowhere. It was like, uh, what? But still. I mean, it's meant to be scary, so I I get it. Yeah, I mean, the teeth could have just been there, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she could have had filed teeth. That would have been, like, better. But nonetheless. Go ahead, Paul. I did. We, we got sidetracked when you started mentioning lightsaber battles, but you were oh, talking no. about your favorite <laughs> moments. So. No, I love that um, Han Solo on screen. I I really enjoyed Jana's character. I liked her arc. I think that she was when she came on, you know, riding the horse, and then we find out that she's a stormtrooper. I love that. Um, I don't. I really just at the end when all of you know the ships appeared was one of those moments that you really feel like, yay, that's amazing. I had a lot of good feelings in this movie, but you know, like I said, there was a couple of cheesy ones too, but I really overall enjoyed <laughs> the ending. <laughs> he died. So like seeing him <laughs> smile and seeing them come together, like, come on, that's why I'm really, you know. So I think I know it's going to be your screensaver it when really the moment is. comes on. Oh, I have video. so many pictures saved. It's embarrassing. Well, mine's going to be the empty shirt. <laughs> oh, Oh. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> okay. I did start out this whole conversation with my itty bitties like making out, so <laughs> um for me, favorite moments. Um top of the list is like I said before, Chewie getting the medal. Um Definitely. that was that was the the fan service moment that I liked the most. I guess I would say, because there's a lot of the other fan service moments I was like, eh, whatever. But that was very good. Um, I, it, what, like Paula had said, 
uh, Han being there to talk to Ben uh, was very good. I mean, like, uh, we talked about the lightsaber battle, so I'm not going to mention them again. The ghost uh, showing up. That was awesome. I feel like trying to remember specifically what it was. Um, ah, yeah, the moment. It, it, this was the one where I said, holy shit, that's awesome. Um, and I feel like that's one of the only times that I was like, they tried to do something intentionally like very much to make it look very stylish and cool and I felt like it worked because some of the moments they tried to do that with I didn't feel like it worked as much when it was very obvious not specifically about like the fights and everything but uh when Ray cuts the wing off of the uh Kylo's ship Kylo's mm-hmm. tie yeah that was fucking cool um just the way it played out um because that was another moment that everybody had kind of had their theories about what was going on during the trailer when it first came and like what's actually happening there. And turns I out I remember thinking they were training. Well it was kinda yeah. true though, wasn't it? Because they, didn't he say like afterwards, like I I was testing you? Mm-hmm. Uh, true. So yeah. like he was kinda fucking with her a little bit there. So um that you know, moment like, he was cool. He could have mowed her down, like right there with blaster fire, but he didn't. He just kept coming after her. Right. Yeah, he could have been shooting and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, although I feel like flying that close to the ground, maybe shooting wasn't an option because you have to be so focused on not crashing. <laughs> that could be a thing. Where, like, I'm just trying to think, like, if you're flying that close to the ground, I don't know if you want to be aiming and shooting at the same time. Even if you're force sensitive, it sounds like a bad idea. Um, but that followed right by, like, the holy shit moment, which for a lot of people was the force lightning. But for me, it was when she grabbed the ship out of the air. Oh, yeah. And I said, like, there was part of me that was like hold up. And then I was like, it's not a big ship. Calm down. Because I had that moment of like, no, she's not Star Killer. This is not what she's doing. And then it was like, wait, it's just a transport. It's not a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Like, it, it, this makes, this is okay. Jedi can move ships. So, that was cool. Seeing her do it and then seeing the struggle where she's actually not able quite to pull it down on her own. That was cool. I always keep thinking about what are the troops doing inside that troop transport? Are they just being <laughs> tossed around and being juggled inside oh, yeah. the whole time? It's being rocked around. They're Everybody's swearing up a storm. Belt. Well, yeah, you gotta have seatbelts. <laughs> seatbelts, people, Safety just in first. case a Jedi grabs the ship and decides to throw it around. Everyone's just yelling at the pilot up front. <laughs> Settle the fuck down! What the hell are you doing back here? Yeah, that's true. They don't know that they've been grabbed by a Jedi at that right. point. They're just like, what the fuck are you doing up there? <laughs> are you drunk? <laughs> yeah, like, Somebody take the wheel from Ted. God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was that was a good moment. Um, the party on Pasana was kind of weird. That like the I kind of dug it. It was it was fine. I, I liked it, but like the thing I found weird was like the kids watching the show and how much the camera focused up on them. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it like where. I don't know. It just struck me as a little weird. But that's okay. But yeah, for me, those moments, again, Chewie getting the medal. And I guess a little bit, maybe not what Luke says after he catches the lightsaber, but Luke catching the lightsaber and being there uh, was big for me. I think I actually expected to see more of Luke in this movie. I actually expected Luke to be haunting Ben. 
which yeah. didn't happen. When Ben is having that moment, he turns around to see Han. I actually expected Luke to be there. When we hear the voice and it's Han, I was like, oh. Like, I knew yeah. something was about to happen. Because, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, from all the buildup and everything, something's coming right there. And I'm expecting yeah. Luke to be back there behind him with something to say to him. And really, Luke doesn't interact with him. Yeah. And maybe that's something that was missing, too, that would have helped. Give, like, more closure to their story than just, like, see you around, kid. Because he never right. actually does see him around. Yeah. But. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of my, like, well, I mentioned a couple of mine. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that I haven't. I, I know I mentioned uh, the, the hearing all the voices of the Jedi was awesome. Um, the fight scenes were awesome. Uh, the, specifically that one moment with Ben with the lightsaber behind the back, I thought was cool. Um, anything that Babu does, I'm I'm here <laughs> for it. Give me all the Babu. That could be uh, interpreted many ways. <laughs> Taken out of context. I, hey, do whatever you want. That's the next fine. Disney I love Plus show is going to be much. like Zuri and Babu. I feel like you need to like just, just do clip like Babu ask his question. Like give me all the Babu. <laughs> give me that so that we have that clip to play at random times. Just give me all the Babu. <laughs> Give me a uh, Babu explains Star Wars or something like that. Like little, just short <laughs> clips, like three minute segments of of Babu. So, Babu like just like we droids. want Michael Pena, just like we want Michael Pena to explain the MCU to us. Give yeah. us Babu explaining the story of Star Wars. Yeah, I would Agreed. watch that. I'm all for it. I would watch that. Um, there's a couple really cool shots of the ships and stuff coming in and in and out of hyperspace. I thought they were cool. The whole ships, like all the fleets, the, the sense of scale that some of those shots gives. Like when the X Wing. When Ray pilots Luke's X-Wing in front of all the Star Destroyers, and it's right behind the X-Wing, and it splits into the, like, brings the X-Foils out. Yeah. And, like, she's ready to attack. Like, that whole, the sense of scale there and everything is awesome. That reminded me of another moment that bugged me. Briefly. It's a, it's a little thing, but when she's flying through that, like, red, whatever you call that thing in space. Yeah. She has the guns out. Like, she, ha it's like, it's perched. It's not in, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, she's in attack mode, not in... The, See, I always the thought wings. the attack mode slows you down, which you'd need the the mover, maneuverability, and you I'd don't want to blow through there at full speed. I'd figure forking your wings out would be make you more likely to hit things in a tight spot. Yeah. I don't know. I guess you're thinking... I'm thinking it the other way, is where you kind of want to slow down around the turns and not blow cooler. in there at full speed. I it just, it just bugged me, because, like... And then when she comes out of hyperspace, like, she goes in, and she has, like, to to fold them back out it's just like continuity problems where it's like here she's here she goes into hyperspace with them out and then she comes back and they're down and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm weird like that um what else the uh the like we talked about the ending i think with ray the way this movie caps off i think is great i do like that um ben's conversation with with han i wasn't really into the first time i saw it i've come around to it a lot i think in repeat viewings mm -hmm. Uh, that whole speech in a way that, like, looking at it again as, as the parallel between what happens in Force Awakens and how he can, you know, get a do-over yeah. in yeah. this movie is cool. Um, I, I've been really trying to pay attention to the music uh, with the repeat viewings, and I've tried to, been trying to listen to the soundtrack constantly. There's a moment that's in the movies that I can't find if it's on the soundtrack, but it's after... Ray gets the reveal that she's a Palpatine. She's on the Falcon after they pick her up. She's talking to Finn and says something along the lines of, like, Palpatine killed my parents. I must destroy him. And Finn says something to her, like, well, that doesn't sound like you. Mm -hmm. The music at that moment 
is the Emperor's theme in the key of Ray's theme. Hmm. And it's really fucking cool. I didn't. I don't have the ear to pick up that kind of thing. Yeah, it's the ominous like dun 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 dun. Yeah. But they play it in Ray's theme. Like it's it sounds lighter. So with a flute, Ray's of... theme is lighter. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. I thought that was a really cool moment. But again, I can't find that part on the soundtrack that it's actually recorded on the on the soundtrack for the movie somewhere. But it's in the movie. Um, yeah, little things like that I get a kick out of. Uh, I can't think of any other favorite moments off the top of my head. I think that's a pretty good pretty good list. Uh, so we'll just end with uh, ratings, which I think Mike and I sort of already talked about. We'll come back to. Um, Paula, out of ten, where do you where do you uh, give this? I'd give it an eight. Okay. And I'll I'll throw in. Do you have a ranking on it for your Star Wars movies? I know Andy didn't, but maybe you do. I I did not take the time to rank them all. No. Okay. I think it would be like two, if not three, for me, with okay. Last Jedi being one. Okay. Okay. So maybe I would put it at two. Okay. Uh, Mike, out of ten, where are you at? I'm still at four again. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, I think I'm gonna still settle in about six point five ish. Again, I I reserve the right to change my rating at some point but today. <laughs> right now, six point five. If I could end it right after that smile, you know, <laughs> right there, I'd give it a ten point ten. <laughs> All the ten. We just like directed by J.J. Abrams. Like we're gonna stop it right there. Sold. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this is Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I'm I. I'm going to support, and I love this movie. Like, we're just, you know, Star Wars in general. It might not be my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's still Star Wars, and mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, like, when I put my ranking together, I wound up with this in next to last. Um, oh, I don't know if I'd put it that low. Uh, above only Attack of the Clones. Um, Which, Attack of the Clones is where it should be. No, yeah, so Attack of the Clones is absolutely that. It, anybody's list that doesn't have Attack of the Clones at the bottom, I'm <laughs> questioning your sanity. Um... But it's just where I found Paula it. stays very quiet. It's at the bottom. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. If somebody has the Phantom Menace there, you know, that's a p- personal I will choice. Smack I smack them could, upside the head. I like the Phantom Menace better than I like Attack of the Clones, but I could understand, like, just throwing the two of them at the bottom and saying, nah, that's my bottom two. It doesn't matter which one's last. So yeah. they didn't pay attention to where they put it. But for me, Phantom Menace is higher, so I don't personally subscribe to that. Nonetheless. I put the list together, and I said, it, like, for me, and, and this is where, like, The Last Jedi is number two. Force Awakens is, like, number five. This one just didn't live up to the other two for me. Yeah, I got you. So. And, and well, we'll just, see if you, you come know. around over the some, with some more repeat viewings. Take a little time out from it and come back to it later and see if it pops around for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to buy it when it comes on. Well, I'm actually you probably going to wait for, like, the like the 4k like complete the box saga. set thing that they're doing did you see that thing no best I, buys I, it's I, listed on best buy there's a 4k skywalker saga set 250 dollars. oh holy crap i don't know if i'm gonna do that yeah that's a bit much for that's a lot that's a lot of uh, credits <laughs> yeah for yeah. a bunch of movies that are old and you can buy for a lot cheaper than that on their own yeah, I think it's nine movies, 4K. I don't know if you get a Blu-ray, but you can get a It doesn't even have Rogue One and Solo. Sort of Damn. Collector set. So it's just the uh, yeah, main I don't, episodes. Yeah, I don't think it's in there. I think it's just the, the episode Oof, movies. That's even worse. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's too much. You can probably, like, I'll probably just buy it digitally then in 4K and 
Yeah. Just have the complete saga digitally. I'll be fine with that. I wonder if it's going to be day and date release on Disney Plus or if they're going to wait a little bit. Mm. They probably. Oh, they'll probably wait a little bit. They probably want, they want you to buy the Blu ray before yeah. it hits Disney Plus. Well, and even at that, I'm still going to buy like a copy from Amazon so that I have a permanent copy that nobody can take mm-hmm. away. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. And it'll still probably come there before Disney Plus. Yeah, pro- yeah. We'll probably yeah. get Disney Plus the day of the physical release if it's going to come early, if it's going to come that day. Because it's always like three weeks different, I think now, between like the digital release and the physical About, release. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as soon as it pops up, I'll probably buy it. But I, see, I can still see them waiting longer for Disney Plus because they still want you to buy that physical disc. That's what I said. Like, so I don't you know. Wait if like another do three that. months after physical disc comes out before Disney Plus. Maybe. Because yeah, I mean, there's still things like the. Uh, live action Aladdin and Lion King aren't on Disney Plus yet. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe it's a three to six month time period waiting period or something like that. We'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, uh, we've been pushing. I think we're right about three and a half hours for this. Yeah. So congratulations. This is going to be up there for one of our longest episodes, which is pretty much what we expected for a Star Wars themed episode. For the last main series Star Wars movie maybe ever. Yeah. It, it's worth it. So hopefully you've stuck with uh, – I'm hoping people have stuck with us for this long and have listened all the way. Take us in pieces, please. You don't have to do all three and a half hours at once. You need to put Just that at the beginning. If they're hearing this at the end, it's too late. <laughs> if, if they're at the end listening to this, they've obviously done that already. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's it for us. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to follow and subscribe to keep up with the show, whether you know wherever you listen, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Uh, we're on Anchor now. Um, I'm sure there's other other platforms in there that I can't think of. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy into Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, any of that fun stuff there. You can try to email us, Superfriends at gmail.com. I won't check it, but you know, leave us something there for later. <laughs> uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at BG Superfriends. Those we will see. We'll talk to you there. Uh, On behalf of Paula, Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.